If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Castle Country is getting to me, Ian. Stressing me out. <laughs> it really is. You, you've seen it right before the, this completely unnecessary podcast started yes. on Tuesday, September 25th, 2018. I'm having tiling issues. I'm Pat Country. That's Ian Ferguson. I'm right here. I might be ducking in early to take a, take a stress nap, I think. We're talking about lots of, lots of things happening. Uh, I'm really abstressed. Yeah, PlayStation, you're, you're a little moist. The PlayStation Classic Edition was announced. Uh, uh, NES Switch Online Service is up and running. It's Tell- up and running. Telltale shutting down. Uh, Capcom beat up collection. A scumbag so of the week. Your Q and A, Ian. What's going on? While I have like a a, a, a semi stroke. Uh, I, I uh, well, I found out two things while uh, you were having your semi stroke. Uh, I made Twitch affiliate, so I'm happy about that. <sighs> okay. And uh, get that. Get those emotes. Uber Eats refunded my money. Uh, that uh, from from when I got my my food stolen this the other day. This is important, Ian. While while my tile guys ripped me off. This yeah. Important. Well, you can calm down for a second. See, I've had food stolen from me twice from these food delivery services. Um, no, Pat takes a breath. Uh, the one time uh, I ordered from uh, Postmates, I ordered two pizzas from Surf Rider Pizza, good pizza place local to us, uh, and. Um, as soon as uh, the app said that the pizzas had been picked up, uh, the food immediately went from okay to damaged. It said the food had been damaged, and uh, that was it. That was the end of the order. So I called the pizza place and said, hey, it said the pizzas have been damaged. And they're like, oh, no, that that's happened before. That person just ran off with your pizzas. And I was like, oh, okay, well, thank you. But uh, Postmates was great and um, you know gave me that money back right away. Uh, the other day, I admit I was slipping. I was at work. I was hungry. I only had about 30 minutes to get, get my food in there. It's like, all right, going to get a, a cheeseburger from McDonald's. I was like, that's fine. I'm just going to do that. Ordered it on Uber Eats. Did you uh, really? You know it's going to cost more to deliver it than to actually get the burger? Free delivery. Oh, okay, got a deal. I had to, oh, They're I, not sponsoring us, by the way. Maybe no, they should. No, they're not. I had a free delivery. And uh, so I, I ordered a, a burger and fries, and I'm waiting for it. I waited half an hour. All the selections you went with. Bur- bur- I, dude, dogs. I was feeling simple that day. Uh, and as soon as the food got picked up, it said it was delivered and uh, they disappeared. And unlike Postmates, it has taken them uh, three days to uh, get back to me. The, and, the Uber detectives are on the case. Ian. Yeah, boy. Uh, so, 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 what, so what happened in your eye is that someone literally picked up the order from McDonald's, they walk and get their Ubers, and then they put it in their mouth directly after it said it was delivered. Well, they didn't put it in their mouth immediately, but they just say, oh, the food's delivered, and then it ghosts so, up. So we're finding a way for free food scammers to get well, paid for scamming. And I mean, the, the thing is, is they they obviously can't handle the... I mean, they lose the job almost immediately after. Oh, so, sure. So, I mean... It's it's, just, that's a gambit, is that someone's not going to report their $5 meal that you probably got. <laughs> it's just like, well, uh, 
I don't ever want this job ever, so I'm just going to use this well, as a free meal today. Sign but up. But there's like four of them. There's 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 yeah. Grubhub, there's DoorDash, there's Uber Eats. There's a bunch of these, so that, the, and Postmates. They so, all do the same exact thing. So the one day that you just want a free meal, you just be like, well, I'm all just right. going to burn this one off the list. And He's uh, you telling just, you how to be a food thief. You just take and, that and get, food. And not a food thief, get paid for being a food but, thief. But, I mean, two large pizzas from Surfrider... That might be worth it. That's like forty dollars worth of pizza. That's good. Well, pizza. maybe that maybe that's then like that's, uh, that's good pizza. That's like that's like first degree food theft instead of like third degree food Fucking theft. Fucking two cheeseburgers and a medium fried. Hey, that's, that's not worth losing it over. But if I don't have a, a good paying job, like at Luna Video Games, two locations. If I don't have a good paying <laughs> job, maybe that's the out, outlet I go for while I get through my. You just witnessed a, a semi panic attack I just had. Literally, I'm getting through it. Um, but that's something you know that. Maybe that's the, the way you go for it. Maybe, maybe, maybe this is something you do as a hobby. Every few months, you try to you sign up for one of these services. Say, I want to get paid uh, scant dollars and get free food until they figure <laughs> out the scam. But you're right, though. If you're going to do this, wait, wait for the big score. Yeah. Don't don't waste it on an awful uh, mealworm burger or whatever yeah, it is McDonald's is serving you. Don't waste it. slime burger. Don't waste it on a fucking cheeseburger no, no, that McDonald's, comes to ice cold. McDonald's made a point that now some of their burgers are fresh. I think that was the point they make now. They finally, the marketing, Wendy's beat the hell out of them for that. Like, oh, guess what? Wendy's like, guess what? All their burgers have always been fresh yeah. and not some, frozen. Sometimes fresh. Or, or maybe that's a new line. Anyway, don't say McDonald's. Occasionally hot. I'm, I'm, McDonald's, I'm dealing with this tile thing going on. and I'm having a panic attack right now it's good the tile thing's gonna be fine it's gonna be fine it's gonna be fine Just, anyway okay so uh you can to help with the uh, assuage my panic attack you can go to ultimatesnes.com right now and you can pre-order a certain super nintendo guidebook which i'm halfway through my writings but i've also delegated a bunch of them so i'm halfway through otherwise i was like 25 percent through or 30 percent uh, through you can do the pat math on that how many i've given up uh from there uh i'm gonna be at retropalooza in arlington texas wow uh the 29th and 30th ian you 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 know if you could have went if you wanted to maybe next year i don't have the time well you had the time you could have shifted the time i guess but we didn't work it out this year but uh, ian will get there you're missing out on cheddars ian with me but i'll be rooming again with my pal norman i do not give any shits about chain restaurants Scratch, Ian. It's a scratch kitchen. Though. I worked at a scratch kitchen. It was it does the not worst. count as a chain if it's scratch because they're 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 they're. It's still a they're chain. Pulled, they're pulled. Carabas Italian Grill is a chain restaurant. They're, it's a scratch kitchen. It can blow my. They goat. they take the tomatoes right from the ground right outside <laughs> when they make the salad. It's all fresh. <laughs> they have their own garden out there. Oh. Cheddar's. Oh, there's a secret underground Cheddar's garden, and they're killing the killing the cattle oh, fresh yeah. for your Cheddar yeah. for Fuck your. It. For your five dollar taste, I don't know how they do it. Yeah. Cheddar's, how do you do it? How do you charge six dollars for a delicious burger and three dollars for a margarita? I don't know. They walk around in the fucking prep kitchen and hit their employees with wooden <laughs> dolls. Hey, whatever it takes to get the food freshly to my <laughs> for a lower cost. Anyway, so I'll be there with Norm. I haven't seen Norm. I mean, I've seen Norm. Uh, I saw him a few weeks ago, but I haven't room with Norm all year. I'm going through Norm separation anxiety. Oof. Speaking of that, I'm just rebu- reviewing that for the. The uh, Super Nintendo Guidebook. I'm out of my fucking mind right now. I'm, I'm stressed the hell out. This is going to be a weird podcast. Focus, Patrick. We're starting with the PlayStation Classic right now. So, <clears throat> Sony came out and announced the uh, PlayStation Classic. Uh, you know, this is going to be in the same vein as the uh, NES and Super Nintendo Classic a v- a systems. Throbby vein. Uh, same throbby vein. Pulsing. <laughs> 
pretty sure I can see one or five of them in your forehead right now. Oh yes, um, I'm sweating. I should. It's it's cool out. It's fine. I'm I'm hot all day every day. Okay. Um. So Sony's getting in on that fucking action. They're getting in. They're getting in. They're so hard in on that action. A hundred dollars, Ian, for the PlayStation. Hundred goddamn dollars, though. Um. Two controllers. Two controllers, non-analog. They're not They're analog just, controllers. They're just regular. They're waiting. I saw. I saw a funny tweet from the guy who used to run the the uh, Kirzo Alley. What was this guy's Kears? The guy who used to do the PlayStation, the, the Sony uh, parody account. I, I'm stressed right now. I can't think of it. But he basically said they're going to wait until Nintendo comes out with the N64 Classic to have the analog to copy it like they did back 20 years uh, ago. Yes. It was a funny tweet. I'm not doing justice justice to it. But the same guy who did that false account did it. Go on, Ian. right. So, it's going to have two controllers in the box with no analogs. It's going to be a little tiny baby PlayStation. It's going to be cute. It's going to look like uh. the gray one. Um, it's 45% smaller or 45% of the size. Whatever it is, it's adorable. It's going to be USB powered. It's not going to have the little power power nugget. It doesn't come with the plug. It comes with the cable, not the plug. Yeah, it doesn't come with the charge they couldn't, nugget. They couldn't... To have twenty five cent cost to throw in the little the little nub. Yeah, Nintendo no. did that. Nintendo branded their own one and did that. Did they? Yeah. Oh yeah, they did. Yeah. Come on, Sony. What's going on? What's going on, baby? All right. What's going on? Bonnie and I have been playing the Super Nintendo Classic like crazy lately. It's, well, it's a good machine. It is. It's quality. Yeah. So it's a hundred dollars. Twenty. Anyway, ga- twenty games, Ian. Twenty. They've only announced five, right? Five or six. Yeah. Uh, Jumping is- Flash, which is yay. Um, Final Fantasy Seven, sure. Yay. Uh, people. Yeah. Uh, a Tekken? Uh, Tekken 3. That's you good. That's a good one. That's if you're going to do one. two or three, sure. Um, a racing game. Which racing? Oh, Ridge Racer Type 4, which is fucking fantastic. Okay. And Wild Arms. And Wild Arms. Okay. And possibly something else. But, I mean, that's all good to start. That's that's great. That's but fantastic. why don't you tell us all the 20 games? Yeah. I, that's kind of weird. It is. It's strange. So... My my first issue, I guess, is the price point. Hundred is hundred's a tough sell for me. I We've jumped with with only two, two consoles from sixty to eighty to a hundred pretty damn quickly, haven't we? Yes. So in, in, in two years, we've jumped up. I don't know that a hundred would bother me if we had analog. Now I know for a lot of people, the analog doesn't matter, but and and, and most of these games don't require analog. Um, as a matter of fact, the only game that requires analog on the Sony PlayStation 1 is uh, Ape Escape, which has not been announced for it, of course, obviously, and will not be announced for it. Which is a bummer, though, because it's a defining game on the system. Kaz Hurai, that was a guy's name, chairperson of Sony, sorry. Oh. Um, so, you know, that's a shame that that game's already but ruled it, out. Is Ridge Racer a better experience with an analog, though, or is it still a digital? No, I play that. I always it, play that. It wasn't analog at all. It was, but I always played it digital. Okay. Digital so so you are losing out a little bit from that. A racing game, you do want to have analog. Mm, in not, not necessarily with Ridge Racer. Okay. I think it's arguable. Um, but games such as, like, for instance, if Metal Gear is announced, and Konami has been pretty happy with working with these plug-and-plays, um, that's one that certainly benefited from analog sticks. There are games that benefit from analog sticks um, on the PlayStation for sure. Uh, I, then I would be closer to that. I'd be closer to happy with that price point. When we discussed the possibility of an N64 Mini or Classic, we talked about how it would probably have to be closer to 100 because of 
possibly because because of the two controllers, are, they're, those are sturdy controllers. Yeah, with analogs. right. And I felt like that's probably okay. Um, but when you when you look at the fact that this doesn't have analog, and you look at the, it starts to feel like a slightly less accessible package. The half the 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 reason those Nintendo ones sell so well, and even the shittier at games ones is because you you don't have to think quite as hard about throwing $60 at something as you do 100 or even 80 um when you look at the fact that the Super Nintendo um classic came with the two controllers mm-hmm. with with much nicer cords as and a, well and a, an actual USB wall wall plug yeah right it doesn't seem like a cheap it, it, it doesn't seem like the package is cheaping out at $100 this one seems like it's cheaping out yeah cuz it's only 20 games still right so that's that's if you don't count the hardware at all that's them valuing every single one of those the value games at, at 5 bucks if you want to go that route but i think the the hype beast machine would have been they would have been at the time it would have been to their to their benefit to say, here's all the games we have coming out for this. Because yes, now, if it comes to... When is it supposed to come out? December, right? December 3rd. So, for Christmas season, gift. The hype machine would have happened now if they said, oh my god, you get Metal... Like, if there's no Metal Gear, Gear Solid on this, there's going to be a ton of people say, I don't want this. I think you, you have to have Metal Gear Solid on this. Well, I think. I think Metal Gear Solid would be a big one. I also think um, landing at least Resident Evil 1. Or one of them, one two. Well, with two having the remake coming out this Christmas, I think having at least part one would be huge. So you need okay. Do you want to go through that now? What are some of the essentials you need to have on here? You, you have a, a Final Fantasy VII. You have to have it. it's like the biggest game that came out on the console. You have right. to have that. You have to have a Metal Gear Solid. You have a Ridge uh, Racer. You have a Tekken. Those I are think uh, I think Symphony of the Night would be a pretty good shoe okay. in um, for the system. But maybe that's why the pricing goes up because now we have Konami saying, "Well, we can kind of charge you almost whatever we want for you to get Metal Gear Solid because everyone wants it." You yeah, know, it's, but, kind of, it's kind of different than the NES Classic where the, most of the most coveted games were first-party games. You know? Yeah, but on the Super Nintendo Mini, I mean, some of the best games on there are Super Castlevania and Contra. So, okay. and those are two Konami ones as well. Konami will license to license. The license to me and you right now. Yeah. For $1.50. So, <laughs> so you're saying that shouldn't be part of it? I, I don't, part of the cost. I, I don't think that's going to necessarily be part of the cost. Also, okay. you shouldn't have to pay a premium price for when you're buying them in a bundle. Even Nintendo understood that. I mean, the, Nintendo loves to charge, uh, you know, um, try to charge like 50 or 5 bucks per ROM, you know, for NES stuff. But when the NES Classic came out, that was them doing two bucks per game, yeah. essentially, and that was, you know, that was them realizing that they needed to stop valuing those things so high. Okay, uh, so we we both agree that this you definitely need a Metal Gear Solid. I feel like Metal Gear Solid is a, a pretty let's, big. Let's need. go through some of the ones we'll, we'll run down sort of like the best games, and you're a bigger PlayStation guy than me, but we'll we'll go through these to see if these are ones that you would consider essentials. I feel like a Fallout or no, a Wipeout. Is essential a Wipeout XL maybe? Do you think you need a Mega Man X on there? Um, with the collection having just come out, I don't know. I feel like that's an easy one to get from Capcom though, so you could probably do a Mega Man X four. How about a Spyro? Yeah. Spyro. I feel like maybe, a Spyro and a Crash would be both, almost shoe ins. Ex- both of them, except for I don't know what's going on with the the recreations but yes i feel like a crash in the spiral would almost have to be on there if you didn't if you didn't have ridge racer i'd say put driver on there that's an iconic mm-hmm. game at the time um let's see what else is on here uh how about a tenchu game 
That was sort of sitting like a pretty big title when it came out. Tenchu, sure, but I don't think From Software has done any sort of licensing. That's okay. the, those are the I'm people saying, who do Dark I'm Souls saying if you, and if you, Armored if you, Core. But see, Ar- yeah, Tenchu and Armored Core were both like huge entry. Both Tenchu huge. was huge when yeah. it first came out. Uh, how about Klonoa? Anything Namco did is possible, and Klonoa was was a big one. Okay. So we're trying to get to 20, like, essentials. Like, not just, oh, I like I like um, Suikoden. Suikoden probably won't make it. Jet Moto, I imagine, we'll see on there. I am, you think uh, so? Yeah. Or is that sort of like a too early thing? I think we'll probably see some of those. How about a Tomb Raider? Uh, yeah. Maybe a Tomb Raider, a Jet Moto, um, a An Cool Od- Borders. Oddworld? Uh, a Twisted Metal. Twisted Metal for sure. I think you have to have a Twisted Metal. I think a metal. Twisted Metal too. I would say Borderline Oddworld. Oddworld was huge. Yep. Uh, and Parappa. Legacy of Kane, eh. possibly a Legacy of Kane. I definitely think a Parap of the Rapper. Uh, I think you have to do the first one. Yeah, I think. that was iconic. I think of like iconic PlayStation games, especially yeah. if you're going by the mode of pre-analog. You're talking about like the first three years of games, like really, or first two years before the analog came out, something like that. Parappa. So, um, I think the licensing would be difficult on this, but Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. On PlayStation All the music 1. licensing, though. Yeah, that would be horribly difficult. How about, well, you have Ridge Racer instead of Gran Turismo. I would say Gran Turismo Well, you was, put a great... I mean, you, there's... You probably can't waste space games. on two, yeah. Yeah, but... You can't do two racing games like that. That would be... But I wouldn't be shocked they put a Gran Turismo on there. I wouldn't be. No, I wouldn't either. Uh, Parappa, I think, is almost a shoe in. Silent Hill, or that, or Resident Evil. you got to pick one or the other, probably. Uh, they could do one... Um, I, I mean... I would say you'd pick one or the other. Konami... Konami's... Well, Konami and Capcom have both been pretty easy to work with at least when you look at nintendo and nintendo's plug and plays they've both been easy but i feel like i feel like one or the other we would get a silent hill or a resident evil i feel like that's a shoe in I, th- I think you're gonna get a resident evil for sure you're gonna get a twisted metal um i think borderline gran turismo because that was huge that that game I maybe mean, not so much as anymore but when that came out it was like holy shit this is the best racing simulation we've ever seen uh, maybe we'll um, get a Warhawk thrown in there just for the fuck of it because it was a Sony first party release it's like just throw it on there yeah I'd love to see a, uh, an Extreme Games no one likes that game but that which one Extreme Games I don't remember that it was a long time. my, my vast PlayStation if they could get the licensing like that original Spider-Man game was a big seller when that came out back in the day sure I doubt but it though. yeah they won't get it uh, probably oh, then again maybe the PS4 one came out is huge. Anyway, after going through all that, so there's the PlayStation Classic. I, but the one thing I wanted to really talk about was so beyond the the game list, uh, the mature thing. A lot of people at first weren't certain if they would, but apparent uh, they would go mature. However, um, I believe the European Peggy rating was already at 18 or 16, which means that well, if you're doing it, if you're doing a Resident Evil, I have to. Right? Well, they didn't announce anything yet. I'm just saying that. Initially, people were afraid that they'd be limiting themselves by trying to go for, yes, um, you know, teen only. But it does look like apparently in Europe that it has been uh, granted their equivalent of a mature rating. So maybe they revealed so, the list to yeah, them. Well, it's just been rated. And then um, what would really <laughs> interest me here is apparently there is what looks to be perhaps a port underneath something in the back of it. People are wondering if that might be a way to load PlayStation 1 classics that people have already purchased onto it. And if that's the case through the PSN network... How would you connect it, you think? Just a cable. Just a cable? Yeah. That would be huge because there's no good way to play your PlayStation 1 classics on a PS4. You can't do it. So if you have those purchased and they're they're still part of your 
PSN network, but you need a Vita or a PS3 to play those. So basically using the emulator. If on, you could, on the that would be pretty because, let's, 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 neat. Because nothing's been mentioned about that. Because they're not going to put... People are like, oh, this could, we can you know be a PlayStation emulation machine. It's like, well, let's 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 pump the brakes there. These games are not small. Uh, these no, are, these are CD sized games. Uh, that's you know seven hundred megs each. They're, these are not going to be huge gigabyte uh, hard drives. Like fifty gigabyte hard drives are throwing on these. They're probably using flash memory. Of we'll just say you know they're putting in thirty two gigabyte cards into here and yeah. whatever hot gluing them in or what have you so you're not gonna be able to add the whole playstation library onto here not let's, even let's, close let's to relax it, yeah. unless someone finds a way to hack to add it like you know a usb thumb drive onto it and then you got to go through that then it's not an all-in-one but then you got to find all these isos that's it's not the same thing as saying oh let's load up all the super nintendo games or any it's just not the same so but the fact that it's a, it's an emulator, which is still exciting, though. That, like you said, that that potential. I didn't think about that. Yeah, hook it up to your machine, so it's like a cute little interface that you can do. That would be special. That would be nice, especially because, like I said, um, would it, you be happy with the hundred dollar uh, price then, if you could have a backwards way of playing the games? It depends. Load the I'll, games on your PS4 disc, you're saying, and then it accesses the. Yeah, I mean, I'd have to see. Like I said, that would that would maybe make me more interested. That would be interesting. Especially, they have to be, well, I'm guessing then the vast majority of those games wouldn't be available on, on the current PS4 store, or won't be. They won't. They won't care about losing those sales, right? You know, I don't know. That that that's an interesting take, Ian. That's why I got you on the podcast. It's an interesting take there. Um, I I I tweeted out and uh, about the the marketing message being so similar to the NES Classic, and it's not just because it's called PS Classic or PlayStation. Like, that's not it. The fact that the same image, like with a white background holding it in the hand, like yeah, I understand I there's only so many ways you can come across that this is a mini, but we're talking it's almost like the same hand yeah, model they yeah. used. <laughs> I feel like it is. The video, the beats of the video were the same. Again, how I don't know how many ways you can market a mini console, but I'm just shocked that it was that close. There's got to there be, be a few different ways you can do it that aren't um... so much so that uh, Twitter picked that my tweet as a, as a part of their. PlayStation Classic moment. They picked a couple of my tweets, and that was one of them. That was my serious one. Then my other one was talking about the eventual video game crash of 2019, when we have you know 50 different classic uh, consoles. We'll, we'll get to that in a bit, though, later on, because I think that's coming more sooner than we're going to realize with all these classics. Yeah, it is. We already had the Genesis one announced, pre-announced, even before this. An official Genesis Classic, not you know the At Games you know bundle of the of the week that they put out. So I am borderline interested in this. Uh, just because uh, I wasn't a big PlayStation person, I go over and watch my friend play Final Fantasy VII, or we play Tekken Two. Tekken Two was a great party game back back in the late nineties. I did have Bleem, so I just I had Bleem just for like Driver and Tekken uh, Three, and maybe one other game I bought back and then just to play on my computer. So I wasn't totally out, outside of the and Fire Pro G. Uh, yeah. I, I did get that going on. Uh, was that on Bleem? Yeah, I played that on Bleem. I still had Bleem when Fire Pro Tree came out, what, 2002? Oh, gee, was... Or 99? Was that early? Gee, was 98 or 99. Was that early? Okay. Yeah. I did have it on Bleem. I was definitely still in high school. Uh, but anyway, so that, that's interesting. If, it, if, it's, if it's compatible with a play, the PlayStation 4, that would be an interesting sort of kick in the balls. And Nintendo would never, I don't think, do that, especially now they have an online service that we'll get to. But okay, that, that's it. I think you and I ran down the list. I think we're probably right with like 80% of the ones we spoke about to get to 20 yeah, and I think people would be satisfied with that at that point. What about ooh? How about, we didn't talk about like uh, something like Chrono Cross. Ooh, 
Would that make it? You think? Or, it's or possible? No. I mean, or having two two uh, two uh, you know square RPGs? Would that make sense? I think there'll be a couple RPGs. I mean, what the SNES Classic had twenty one games. If you count Star Fox too, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and there was like four RPGs on there, so oh, that's true. I imagine we'll see. A few. I think the big one will be the if there's not a, a Tony Hawk on that people, that'll be that's. I mean, that's like the the base is loaded up the system, right? That's that that's sold a ton, and and I think people will be disappointed if that's not on it in some capacity, right? But, but then again, maybe those people have sort of moved on, you know, sort of a different crowd. Maybe of people that played that versus some of the other games. I don't know. Yeah. It's, 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 it's hard to say. I don't know. We're in Southern California. You tell me what people are still interested in getting Tony Hawk, you know, the original one or two, you know, on the system. They are. I mean, they're, they're surprisingly harder to come by. Those people actually will play those in life. Yeah. They're playing on the original rubber freaking uh, minis. All right. Maybe they'll come out with the, the analog one later. Uh, so, all right. There you go. Enjoy your $100 PlayStation Classic. I just think it's weird they haven't announced more titles by now. It's just, it's kind of weird. In the Nintendo Direct, as I come down from my panic attack, the Nintendo Direct happened right after the last podcast, about like the next day or two. Yep. Which is why we should go weekly at some point, but it won't happen. <laughs> well, maybe if I had that editor, it'd be more possible. But the Nintendo Direct happened, and, and yes, we have the new Animal Crossing coming out. Isabel is coming out in, in Smash. Which She's going to be in Smash. That made me very adorable, happy. Adorable. Adorable to kill people with. I always yes. like that. Almost as adorable as when they announced Pac-Man. So yeah, Pac-Man's going to rough some shit up on that. <laughs> You know, uh, so that was kind of like the bigger highlights from that in, in Luigi's Mansion Three. Yep, they announced a bunch of Final Fantasy stuff. Basically, you know, every Final Fantasy at some point will be available on uh, the Switch and everything. But the but the biggest re- release that came out what was it on the nineteenth, less than a week ago, was uh, the Switch Online service is launching a year after it was originally planned. <laughs> it's up and going. Yep, it's here, and uh, it's an online service. It's you. You pay your money, and now now you pay money to do what you were kind of doing beforehand. You pay your twenty dollars a year, and you're online. Um, but you get you get some some frills. There's frills. It's twenty it's, bucks. It's, it's, uh, it's a dollar. It's a dollar seventy five of Pat Math a month, it's, right? It's it's not expensive. I'm not upset with the price. I do not care. It was do bad. people have a right to be upset, being that it's so cheap? Do they still have a right to be upset? People can be upset about whatever the hell they want, but it's it's kind of silly when your other systems are charging you sixty dollars. Is it sixty a year for yeah. the other two, roughly? And sixty a year for the other two. For go- Microsoft Gold and uh, Gold. I, I have to look and see what kind of deals Nintendo is offering, but you know they said that you get access to deals if you're a member, and you get you know discounts on games through Xbox and in Sony, um, you know for being a member of their online network. Um, you know one of the big features about the Nintendo online service is um, the. Uh, access to the Nintendo game library, which we'll talk about. We'll talk about that. We'll get into that. Um, The other thing that I think is pretty interesting to note that that a lot of people are, uh, what's that? Get the voice chat. Yeah. You get get the phone uh, app. I I, I see. Well, I know, I know people who use it, but yeah, I don't know how, how. So you got to adopt it. it, It'll be, you got to go on the app, Uh 
either have headphones connected to that or just have the speaker on, right? Yeah. And connect it to your Switch. You don't have to connect. You don't. No. Okay, so it knows. No, that okay. whole fucking... Convolute thing's gone. That, yeah, that, that I don't know exactly how it's... I think you just sign in with your Nintendo ID okay. and pick the game. Um, yeah, the whole... And all like, it'll automatically know what game you're in and put... Okay. I think... I have to still look at that. All I know is that the whole crazy setup with the Splatoon 2 thing that's, is, is gone. Okay. That's, that's done. All right. Um... One thing that's important to note, I think, especially when we start looking at the cost, is um, family plan thirty four ninety nine up to eight accounts. It's eight, eight accounts. Holy shit! And uh, I gotta tell you, um, Vonnie and I did that, and we spread them out amongst family and friends. And, Not me, and because you've what? got yours. What? <laughs> Spread them out among family. It's like being in your five in the cell phone. The free people you call. I'm not not, not important enough to be in that circle. And uh, I mean, thirty five bucks. Figure it out. Eight people. It's nothing. Ian, math. What is that? That's like four dollars and thirty eight cents. Something like that. Free stuff. Not that far off, actually. Yeah. (laughs) Which which equals out to cents. Cents a month if you split it up. It's it's just it's nothing. It's nothing. So. It's very little. Um, it's, it's not like you're not getting any sort of value for it. I, I mean, because it's just starting off. So when I see people say, oh, it's just shit and who cares? It only doesn't cost that much. Well, no. It's, if this was $100, you have the right to complain more because you're not getting any value. You're getting, a, you're getting some value for 20 bucks. It may not be as much as you want, but the online uh, game service to me is, is worth some of that. And this is just the start of it, right? Right. I, it, it all depends on how you want to frame it. Um, Twelve months, thirty-five bucks for the family. If the eight Nintendo account holders, shit. And if it was just the twenty for the game service, and it was you know described a different way on a different system by a different company, I don't think anyone would be complaining like this. Um, the cloud save thing, I kind of understand some people's. I'll show you there's a cloud save. Uh, concerns about them deleting it as soon as it goes. Uh, you know, you lapse on payment. However, I I guess I didn't look at cloud saves as a way of storing stuff when. My, um, it's more of a backup, right? Because you when my when my memory ran out, I just simply looked at it as a way to backup saves in case a problem happens. So sure. if I lapsed a day or two on it, I don't think it would be the biggest deal in the world. Well, I don't think Nintendo's going to be like, all right, you you you're saying you're gonna you're not going to roll over. We're going to just dump it entirely. I would think that they would be like that. Maybe give you like some sort of like like one or two week period because when someone runs your credit card, usually when you have a subscription to something, if it doesn't clock through correctly it's not like they wipe out your service like i we have we're on pod uh bean right now and if my credit card doesn't go through it's not like they stop hosting the podcast they give you like a month or so to work it out so i'm hoping nintendo would be reasonable you think they'd be reasonable and give you a chance say if your credit card number changed and you're on the automatic you know renewal they're not gonna say oh fuck you your your breath of the wild saves are gone i wouldn't think they would do that'd be terrible business to do that it wouldn't be worth their, their the time even to do that you know um you want to go through the 20 NES games they've announced, and they're adding three per month. They've already announced, uh, I think, three months in advance. Lolo's on there. Oh, nice. Super Dodgeball's on there. I figured that was coming. One of the Now, here's the thing, though. Super Dodgeball, it's only two players on the beanball, unfortunately, for the U.S. ROM. But I wonder if you can get that Japanese one. You know, if you get the Japanese... You know you can get the Japanese games. Uh, you can do that switcheroo thing with the different accounts on your same Switch. You can get access to the Japanese Famicom games. Mm-hmm. But it stinks now because I get Japanese news. Uh, so I can't figure out how to get rid of my Japanese. Anyway, here's the 20, here's the 20, uh, 20 NES games that launch right now. Uh, it's like 90% the NES Classic. 
or if with a family come classic, it's like a hundred percent almost. A balloon fight, baseball, Donkey Kong, Double Dragon, ooh, Bubble Death Match Challenge, uh, uh, Doctor Mario, Excite Bike, uh, Ghosts and Goblins, Gradius, Ice Climber, Ice Hockey, yes, Mario Brothers, that'll be fun. Uh, pro Wrestling, woo. River City Ransom, yeah. Well, that was the one in Japan they had that on the Famicom Classic. Soccer, uh, Super Mario Brothers, one and three, not two. Hmm. Tecmo Bowl, Tennis, Legend of Zelda, and Yoshi. It's a damn good list to really take advantage of the two-player uh, simultaneous uh, yeah. action. You know, they, they, they did their best to swap out. Now, it's interesting that they don't have Double Dragon 2 they Double Dragon 1, just because you really want Double Dragon 2 to have the two-player experience right? Uh, for that. So that's interesting. I'm not sure if that was maybe they're waiting to come later on that that to me is sort of an interesting uh, one there that decided to do that um, ice hockey and pro wrestling were the two at least ice hockey was a glaring omission from the NES classic I felt like both of them but definitely ice hockey I like, feel that's like such you a, needed at least one of those because ice hockey is such a Nintendo-esque game to a T on that console and it's extremely well done it's probably the best done sports title they had when those first couple of years that they had yeah. to me uh, like yeah baseball's fun you're not going to have a fun two-player action on that you know what I mean uh, but tennis is fun two players uh, River City Ransom obviously two players is like a must uh, for that, and that's something that yeah, I mean, you can come back and continue the game later on, right? You know, and do that with the save, their save states or using the password or what have you. Um, Yoshi, I, I think Yoshi's okay. Not in love with it. Doctor Mario is a God, great that game. Is awful. Doctor Mario is a great two-player uh, yes. puzzle game. And, and remember, their Tetris is not two players. So, um, yeah, so Doctor Mario is fantastic. But Doctor Mario is an incredible two-player game. So this is a great start, and I think. This is this is not a sort of like well there's no good games here it's like no nah, there's there's some good games here especially two players and one player and then adding three a month I think is a decent amount to add as long as the other ones don't go away and but we don't know when they announce when they're going to start adding super games or other consoles that'll happen at some point we don't know when or if there's going to be a different tiered system now you'd hope it wouldn't be a different tiered system but this is them you know toe in the water for their their you know Netflix you know style yeah three a month is what I was. Uh, assuming um, they would add three to five. It's, it's three NES for the first three months. I don't have that in front of me right now. I'll, I'll look it up. Uh, but anyway, so are you you're satisfied with that list, though, to start? Um, honestly, there's not a lot on there that I'll go play, but I don't think it's a bad list. I'll play ice hockey. I'll play the pro wrestling. Oh, we're going to play, play ice hockey. I'll play Mario wrestling. 1 and 3. Um, and you can alternate with 3, especially like you can work together, so that's fun. Yeah, Bonnie and I played some of that the other night. I'll play... Um, uh, balloon fight. There was other stuff on there that I'd play too, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's oh, that's right. We could do two player balloon fighting. It's it's not it's not perfect or the most exciting to me, but I don't think it's a bad list of games to start with. No, it's not terrible. You just wish that they had maybe more to start. Like maybe they had all the NES classics plus like ten more nice ones. They had the NES classics list plus the few that are on there that weren't on the classic, like the ice hockey and the pro wrestling. I think that probably would have been like the way to go. Yeah, like like if they because kept... I have a feeling over the next three four months, what I'm not so excited about is we're probably just going to fill out a lot of that list. Sure, I mean, here's what's coming up. So there's only to their to their credit, only one per month is a first party title. So maybe that's why they're they're slowly going into it. So this is kind of exciting, a little out of their comfort zone a little bit. The first month NES Open Golf, which is like an awesome game. 
Yeah. They should just do regular golf too, just for the hell of it. Just get it on there. Um, Solomon's Key to me was a shocker to see that. It's a good but, game. But, but, but a shocker. That's like a, a deeper cut for the NES. A deeper cut. It's a very difficult game. Super Dodgeball is an excellent game, one of my favorites. October, you get Metroid back on there. Oh. You get Mighty Bomb Jack, so they have a techno deal going, and you get Twin B. Or better known as Stinger. That's, uh, well, no, Twin B and Stinger are totally different. It wasn't, which one was, uh, Twin B was it before Stinger? Twin B is beforehand, so that means we'd actually be getting an import because Twin B wasn't released here. So that's pretty cool. What was the Twin B one called in, in Japan? Twin B. It was, but you're saying that's not the one that's not going to be the Stinger. Stinger is a sequel to Twin B. Okay. Okay. All right. Then it's just a different game, and I'm surprised that it's not going to be Stinger. Well, I'm surprised. Okay. Uh, then it just says Twin B. So. Oh, okay. Then yeah, it's going to be it's going to be actual Twin B. Okay. Cool. And then month three, you get Wario's Woods, which is a decent. I, I, it's a decent puzzle game. Ninja Gaiden, yes, and Adventures of Lolo. Oh, that's cool. So they got some sort of techno deal going on, which is great because the techno library is fantastic. You know, so you can add most of the Tecmo games and people would love it. If they got if they got Tecmo Super Bowl on here, they wouldn't be able to get the licenses for the teams like with Tecmo, but that would be huge because yeah. Tecmo Super Bowl is still played to this very day. Tecmo Bowl is still fun, but Tecmo Super Bowl is what people actually consider a competitive, you know, eSport. Uh, so the other thing we didn't talk about, we talked about two other things. Getting the online service allows you to purchase the NES or Famicom Joy-Cons yep. for $60 for a pair. They, they slide in the side, but you're using them as a regular NES controller. So they look like an NES controller, but they have the little slide-in little attachments on the front. Right. So, yeah, I'll buy them. Why not? I'll buy them just for a collectible or, you know. Um, the one thing, though, that I have to address, because I've tried, the Joy-Con sucks ass playing NES games. I'm not going to mince words. I tried playing uh, Dr. Mario. That wasn't the best. It wasn't bad. Excite Bike, I couldn't do it well with that. And yes, you do have the joystick as well. The joystick worked kind of for ice hockey because, you know, it's like the it's like the NES Max, the best thing you can say for the Joy-Con. But it's not precise for some games you would not be, you would not be able to play Super Mario Brothers with that Joy-Con effectively. Bonnie was doing it. It was crazy. But to me you won't be able to to have that precise movement over time. But the Joy-Con, the problem with the Joy-Con D-pad is that being that there's no rocker on it, the buttons are just far apart enough that you have to like move your thumb off of it to hit like from going from up to down for sure or going left to right. You lose that like tenth of a second. You have to think a little bit and to react. And even playing Excite Bike, which is more like staccato like movement for the most part, it's not good. It's not a good experience. So you're gonna have to get one of those like eight bit do controllers. The problem with the eight bit do controllers or a Procon. Or a Procon. Which um, I don't know why you haven't gotten one of those yet. Because I heard the D-pad wasn't the best on those. I had, I've heard. Better. But but the, the 8-bit Duke uh, D-pads are fine. You have to get the, the Pro one because the Pro one has the triggers on the top. So I figured this out too late. When I when I got into the, the game and I, and I paired up the regular 8-bit Duke controllers, the, the super, I have the Super Nintendo one, which, which doesn't have the extra, the extra uh, buttons. The buttons on it. There's no way to get out of the game to go back. Because they're not they're not programmed onto that to get back oh, out of the menu, right? So you have to go to another Joy-Con and reactivate it to get back out, to get back out of the menu to, to go to your game selection. Because there's no home button even that would work. But if you get the Eight Bit Do uh, Pro one, it has the all the buttons is totally compatible. So that's just as a heads up. You got to spend the, it's like it's only forty bucks I think for that for that uh, 
the 852 Pro controller. And they have the Super Famicom one and Super NES one. Of course, you want the Super NES one because it has the concave buttons. So you can, you know, your thumb gets a little rest on there that you like. But no, uh, so I don't, I don't think $20 is a bad deal for this. There's going to be more added later. And yes, it is, a, it is a bitch that, like, for example, people that were playing Splatoon 2, it's like, oh, they're saying goodbye. We weren't going to see each other again because they're going to go offline because you have to pay for it. It's $1.75 a month. Steal your parents' credit card if you're 10 years old. If you don't. No, you shouldn't do that, but but steal it. So, Anything else to add here? We're, no. we're, all, we're all switched out on this? Yes. Pat? Yes, yeah, Ian. We're proud to be partnering with Mac Weldon, a premium men's essentials line of uh, garments, undergarments, T-shirts, socks, tops, hoodies, bottoms, tops. accessories, swim trunks. Exactly. Mac Weldon, they believe in smart design. Premium fabrics and simple shopping. The website was easy to navigate, Ian. I was shopping, you know. They let me try it out a bit. What, what do we pick out, Ian? What, Ian, what are you wearing right now? I am currently wearing the 18-hour uh, boxer brief. Um, yep, wearing them right now. It feels like uh, my tush is being carried around by uh, very gentle <laughs> hands. Uh, the fabric. Stay put design, Ian. <laughs> yes. Prevents riding up. It's cotton. Uh, modal, or is not modal, and 5% spandex. So it's good for on-the-go active lifestyle like Ian is, is prone to doing yes. in his life. Yes, uh, I, am, uh, I, am, I am all kept together. They also have a line of silver underwear and shirts that are naturally antimicrobial, which means they eliminate odor. If you have an odorous uh, you know, stench, uh, Mac will okay. help well, with that. They will take care They'll of you. They'll take care of that for you. Uh, it's very comfortable. I actually uh, went to yoga yesterday, and I wore... Their Air Knit X uh, uh, trunks. I went decided to go a little bit less than the box brief. I went, went to trunks a little bit trunks. less, and it's light, breathable material, and it it almost felt like nothing at all. Not trying to be profane, it felt very good. It actually did. I uh, working out, you know, so like whisk away all the yoga stuff, all the energy from yoga. I, was, I felt free. <laughs> I'm just trying to say I felt free. Well, and the folks at Mac Weldon want you to be comfortable. So if you don't like the first pair that you get, they will refund you, and oh. you get to keep it. So there's very little risk involved. Oh, very nice. And uh, they also have a special offer for for you all right now: twenty percent off your first order. Visit Mac Weldon. That's M A C K W E L D O N dot com. Mac Weldon dot com. Enter code CU Podcast at checkout, and you'll save twenty percent off that first order so you can shop and get uh your 18 hour uh jersey material for your undergarments your trunks boxer briefs or t-shirts socks comfortable socks whatever you prefer there again 20 percent off your first order at macweldon.com by entering code cu podcast ian this was a uh, unfortunate news that, that hit out of out of nowhere just about about telltale shutting down yeah i think we all knew that it was probably coming, especially when they had the layoff employees. Ah, I personally feel like writing had been on the wall for Telltale for a little while after the expose from earlier in the year. That's right. That Verge did, um, and they had to lay off employees, uh, quite a few of them. Um, I believe it was last year or earlier in the year. Uh, it sounded like it was a place that was being run horribly and was falling apart and unfortunately that has culminated in 
uh, something like 225 people being laid uh, well basically the studio shutting down but for immediately it was like 250 or so I yeah I read. 225 and or 250 they were keeping a skeleton crew on for yes the, the remaining week or two but this is already where it gets kind of weird so Telltale is closed they're closing they fired laid off let go of 225 250 people no severance no severance whatsoever they had um they had 30 minutes to get everything and get out uh, and that's it the studio's closing uh they have one obligation they have to finish up i believe which is uh i believe the article states one of the articles states that it's a uh, one of the minecraft story mode seasons um from what i have read uh, they may not even be finishing um, the remaining episodes for the last season of Walking Dead. Um, obviously, this is horrible news. Telltale, um, despite not having a great reputation as a company, has put out some um, high-quality story-driven games and has uh, amassed a huge cult following um, starting... I don't know what their first games were, but off the top of my head, starting all the way back in the mid-2000s, uh, 2004, um, with um, sort of trying to basically bring back PC adventure games. Uh, they did um, games with the Monkey Island license, the Sam and Max license. Um, what was those ex-LucasArts employees helped help found it? I believe so. Um, they did... Um, a great run of Homestar Runner games, and then they did the Back to the Future. That's right, they did do Back yeah, to the Future. That was like Back the, to the that Future. Was, got a huge amount of publicity at the time. So yeah. basically, what started pushing them into the less PC adventure style of game and into the more like interactive movie style was they um, released a Jurassic Park game that did pretty poorly critically, but it was obviously like one of the first ones where um, it was less on puzzle solving and more interacting and making choices. It's just a visual story, basically. It's sort of. With a choose-your-own-adventure aspect. And then it moved into, uh, if I if I'm remember correctly, that's when it went to um, Back to the Future, and they did a few other ones, and then they hit big with uh, Walking Dead Season 1, which was critically acclaimed, won all sorts of awards. But that's totally just a visual novel sort of. Well, there are, there's branching paths and stuff but yeah like but you're not you're not you're just saying make a choice basically. well there's but there are like game events and things you can do that change it so there's there's more to it but yes it's it's a lot more focused on yes essentially a choose your own adventure than than what the person PC die adventure. or save them or there yes yeah. so and that's what they became and you know they their their games were known um Granted, depending on who was writing for them at the time, and, and teams changed, but their games became known for having a, a great narrative focus. Um, they also did, uh, you know, they went on to do Borderlands and uh, The Wolf Among Us, which was based on the Fables comics, and uh, that one was highly rated. So they had um, many fans, and what appears to have happened was a classic case of, uh, you know, something almost overexpanding. They got big and they took on tons of projects. I couldn't possibly name. I'm sure if I tried to name every Telltale game franchise, they did. I'd, I'd forget because there was a while there where it just seemed like everything was getting one. Game of Thrones got one. Guardians of the Galaxy got one. Batman got one. Uh, the Minecraft story mode is still one that I like. Wonder how the hell that you know. There's happened. a Minecraft game where you can make your own choices as you go. It, it's just a story about Minecraft, but in the Minecraft style. So they did tons. 
Unfortunately, places just cost a lot of money. Um, unfortunately, Telltale was one of those places where, uh, you know, it was um, they had the attitude where it was a privilege for you to work there. Um, they did not treat the employees well. Um, you know, lots of stories about crunch, which is apparent, or which is um, a problem in you know most video game um, studios, um, but also you know. You know, making uh, developing things to spec and having you know uh, uh, developers being told that you know they need to change it, yeah, you know deadlines uh, being uh, met and then immediately jumping right into another deadline, uh, and yeah, essentially it not being a particularly so, well-run company. So the Verge article early in the year, I don't know if we talked about it. We um, did. We did. We, uh, toxic management um, was just was like. Uh, just not a fun place to work. People were leaving because it was not a good place to work. Um, yeah, because like we I, we talked about um, the two people who were uh, responsible for the award-winning season one of Walking Dead leaving, and I can't remember where they went, but they started their own company. Okay. We did talk about it. Okay. Um, I don't know if that was a full topic or not, but we brought up, we brought it up. So, so the Walking Dead helped the company blow up, and people are selfishly wondering whether or not they're going to finish it. And I think I think Telltale's come out uh, tone-deaf saying, oh, don't worry, we're, we're going to try and finish this game. People are like, what's going to happen to these employees? Yeah. And it's not just the fact that, to me, you talk about, you talk about a severance issue and, and what that means, but not giving your employees any sort of heads yeah. up is disgusting. Yeah. Because you know, when you're the CEO, CFO, when you're on the board... Or an officer, you know this shit's coming. It's not like all of a sudden you wake up on a Monday. You're like, like, oh fuck, we oh, can't man, do this. We don't have any money left. We're closing. You know this months in advance. You know, you see the pipeline uh, of of your finances coming in, going out. This isn't a total shock. So the fact that I had to read a story that someone was recently hired and moved across a the week country before it happened that is fucking disgusting. It's gross. And that's not on HR because HR just gets the orders to hire people. They don't know what's going on with the right. plans behind the scenes. That's the, the CFO and the people in finance not communicating, saying, hey, whoa, 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 maybe we shouldn't hire someone and have them make a life-altering decision to pick up their fucking life and move across the country to close down. That is that is, sounds like the most horrible thing that could happen to someone. Yeah, that's miserable. So to me, that just means that either parts of management aren't talking to each other or people weren't paying attention at all. Or, or, or the one or two people that knew about this were keeping everyone else in the dark. And maybe that's what's really going on. I mean, the story's going to come out that this was probably a shit show behind it. It has to be. Yeah. How do you go from a, a largely successful company and within a few years you run into the ground and you lay everyone off in one day? That Not not just downsizing. We're just done. We can't. We find no way to remain profitable. Yeah. On was, games that have sold a decent amount. It's not like these aren't selling, right? It wasn't still even, selling. It wasn't even a year ago where... Um... They laid off 90 employees. I mean, they said that they're not selling well enough, and that's why, but apparently they've been selling it. And it's like, well, maybe don't feel like you need to fucking pump, pump a out. season out for yeah. everything. You know, I mean, and that's, I think, if we didn't talk about it, I certainly read up on it because we were going to talk about it, but I, I swear we did. When we talked about it, um, prior that was something that had come up they were there was already people who were concerned that they were pushing the company to the limit basically running it like they're to the they're point where it was going over quality yeah it was going to overheat and you know it doesn't look like they actually stopped any of that sounds like the uh the culture of the company changed after the walking dead it said uh, in this version yeah article. That, yep 
Former employees described Telltale in its early days as a small, tight-knit group with a strong sense of camaraderie. Probably like the early days of like Sierra. Everyone knew each other. New hires trickled in slowly. Upper management had been less involved in the day-to-day, and developers were given more freedom to do their jobs as they saw best. But the success of The Walking Dead spurred the company to expand rapidly, which is always dangerous. In order to suit both its growing ambitions and keep investors happy. And there you go. There you have it. It became a company that many long... Standing employees no longer recognized. We went from a small and scrappy team to kind of a giant studio full of 300-plus people, says former Telltale programmer designer Andrew Langley, who worked from 2008 to 2015. You walk around the office, you don't really recognize anybody anymore. So that's what happens. They see a success from one game. Well, imagining the success from The Walking Dead, but now you multiply that success to, I don't know, 10 other games a year. Yeah. That sounds good in theory, but it's, not, it's, it's so difficult to scale. And when you scale, you lose a lot. You lose what the culture was, and and you have to add more layers when you scale. And all of a sudden, like you said, then the cold culture came. And now, all right, you pumped out maybe one game a year where it was crunch time. Now it's twenty, right? Throughout throughout the company, now people are like, "What the fuck's going on?" And then what happens probably is, I can only guess, the audience might have burnt out from having too many of these. So now you're having less people buy each individual one. I'm just guessing. Well, that's what happened to me. I actually enjoyed that style of game, but I only needed it. Once in a blue moon with certain licenses I liked. And when I tried to start keeping up on them, like, actually, I almost hit burnout when Walking Dead hit. But then I tried to keep up with a few more of them. And then I was like... Too many. And then I was like, I don't want to play any of them. And I just walked away. So they burnt out their audience. There's a reason why there wasn't many of these type of games being made left, especially Point Click Adventures, because the audience is just... There wasn't was no audience, but the audience was gone. Well, that's what happened yeah. the first time around yeah. with point-and-click games. Yeah. And there are plenty of companies out there. Well, not plenty, but there are companies out there, again, now that do make them. They make them well, and they're worth buying and playing. And it's because they're not being oversaturated. Problem is, is Telltale brought them back. They did it okay. Then they kind of went into this... I mean, it's not like this type of game is novel or new, but there is a very... There's a very... There's very much a... Um, telltale template and then so they kind of watered down that gameplay type and then they oversaturated the market with it so it is really sort of that that point and click thing again only with a gameplay type that is simpler to get through requires less fault but has almost as little replayability as a point and click adventure game because the choices you make in telltale games some of them can have drastic effects but they they don't there's not as much difference as they want you to believe. It's almost like, so like a choose your own adventure where it's like that one great ending, a couple of decent endings, and a lot of bad ones. You get a lot of scene-specific difference, which is cool, but your overall story is going to be roughly the same. That's not good. It's also not the good we live in the culture now with YouTube and Twitch where, to be honest, if you want to follow along, you don't have to buy some of these. Because what are you really losing if it's really just a visual story you're buying? What are you really losing if you're letting someone else play and you just watch? You're still getting the same twists and turns of the story, the same character arcs. You know, you might have said, well, okay, I disagree with that decision, but I'm sure there's I'm sure there's YouTube Let's Plays with almost every iteration of some of these. You know what I mean? Like, oh, here's uh, this uh, pass-through one, pass-through two. So to the detriment of that genre, if it's a visual story, I don't have to play it as much as I have to play a, even a point-and-click adventure. Right. You're not affecting it as much. You don't have to do any as much thinking. You're just really saying, okay, should I make this decision in this case versus trying to... I'm trying to think of like how much 
you're, you're, I mean, obviously you're playing like a, a space quest or a king's quest. Yes, there's one good ending you're achieving, but there's a lot of thought press, process and trial and error that goes into getting that versus what you're telling me with this is that you're just making these decisions, but it's, the story's roughly the same no matter what. Right. So all these, all these different ingredients combine to a bad situation, but it just sounds like the worst fucking management I've ever heard of. How do you have a second life of, of these employees coming from LucasArts, which sh- shuts down? Uh, you come to this new company, you know, you, you give it another go, and then you fail again after some time. Too many, too many cooks in the kitchen, I guess. I guess the investors got too greedy, and they got too greedy. They wanted, they were happy, they were happy to make money at first, and then you grow and say, oh, well, let's let's just see. Well, the profit for one game is this. Well, the profit from ten games will be that times that amount. That's not how business works. Nothing is ever that easily scalable. When it comes to these, especially when it's something as fragile as a game genre that most people aren't interested in anymore. Right. So, there you go. Anything else? It's just depressing. And I just don't... And the fact that, that you're you're altering all these people's lives and not giving them a heads up is really just disgusting. It's disgusting. I don't want to see any tweets from a company after they have to lay, out, lay off a few hundred people saying, Whoa, we're, don't worry, that new Walking Dead game might come out uh, still. And to the people that are more... more there's we're, we're, gamers can be very selfish. We know that people in general. But for the people that are honestly more concerned about finishing up a season of their fucking game, whether it's Wolf Among Us or or, or Walk Dead, go fuck yourselves. Yeah, who cares? Right. I mean, if you if you really want to get down to the nitty gritty, maybe someone else will take over that game in a year or two from now. They'll pick up the piece that someone else will continue doing. But for right now, who fucking cares about you? Also, why do you want? them to finish it when it's not being made by the people who made it what you want it's these people aren't machines you can't replace the people who made it what it was anyways i hope they unionize all right in general or at least this company sounds like i mean in general i feel like at some point we need something like that to make sure that this sort of shit doesn't happen i mean no warning no severance some of these people are fucked Oh, and all the health benefits end in nine days. Nine days? They're not even getting able to get Cobra, huh? That sucks. Nine days. Ah, uh, God. All right, what else is going on? Hopefully, something more, a little more uplifting than that. Um, uh, Ian, the Capcom Beat 'Em Up Collection. Have you tried that? Speaking of N- Nintendo Switch Online, I have actually. Um, so, I've um, I've got positives and negatives. Uh, I would say. So, the Capcom Beat-Em-Up collection has seven Capcom Beat-Em-Ups in it. And you would think, oh, that must be all the Beat-Em-Ups that Capcom ever did. And oh, it's like, no, no, no it's not. Because, I mean, we're missing we're missing some key key contenders in there. Um, one, I'll get it out of the way. There is no there is no Alien vs. Predator in there. Boo! Licensing. licensing. I mean, Boo! it sucks, but licensing. Um, as much as I would love that in there, I'm not going to uh, shit on it too badly. Um, because I realize how tough that is. And I've just come to the conclusion I'm never going to get a version of that game to play at home. <laughs> Ever! <laughs> never. It's never going to happen. Um, I was lucky that we had it in the arcade machine at Luna for two years, and I got to play it then. Um, but, yes, so it's a uh, essentially arcade-perfect port of uh, seven beat-em-ups. It's King of Dragons, Final Fight, Captain Commando, uh Knights of the Round. Which is great. Um, Armored Warriors. And Battle Circuit? Battle Circuit. 
And I'm forgetting one. I don't think I played Battle Circuit or even those that looks like Armored Warriors I might have played. Uh, Armored Warriors and Battle Circuit have never had home releases. This is the first time they've ever been brought home. What the hell is Battle Circuit? That's Battle like... Circuit is one apparently no one's really played. It came out in 1997 when everyone had forgotten about beat-em-ups in arcades. <laughs> when, it was, when arcades were starting to die out. Yeah. Um, I had never played it until I got this collection. So I haven't played everything um, that uh, is on the collection I have uh, since I got it. I have played everything on the collection at this point except for Metal, um, Metal Warriors. Is Which is like a our, bunch of mechs, right? Is that what it's called? It's a, it's a mech fighting game. You should like that, right? Yeah, that's a beat-em-up. But I have not played that one. Um, I did play What's Battle Circuit, and Battle Circuit's a lot of fun. Um, so, it allows you to do two players. Uh, obviously, it has... I think it'll allow you to do four players on the ones that allow it. Which ones are four players? Captain uh, Commando? Yes, and I think... I think Battle Circuit might be too. I remember I, I Captain play, Commando is. I, I don't remember playing a lot of Captain Commando. I remember I liked it because it, it's like it's like pizza, right? Even the worst Capcom beat 'em up is fun on some level, right? Captain They're, Commando is um, it's both a baby, right? Captain, the yeah, baby in the mech, yeah, Captain <laughs> the <robot>. Baby. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's 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 fun. It's goofy. Captain Commando is fun. It's it's very very much Final Fight with added mechs. That you can jump into, but it's fun. Um, Final Fight is still... It's still fun. the benchmark. Final Fight is excellent. It, it's funny. Uh, it's I was excellent. playing it the other night um, we for, gotta play I that. think, the fourth time since... Uh, fourth time let's through since... Haggard guy, let's let's fucking do it in like, in like eight credits. Let's do it. Um, we can do it. I love that game. I'm 36 years old, and every time I've played it recently, I'm like, this... At 36 years old, I think Final Fight is on a rocket into my top 10, and I'm going to have to shuffle something out this Top 10 ever? Life. Yeah, it's just top 10 ever. I fucking love Final Fight. It's, it's so goddamn good. It's revolutionary. It's revolution. so good. Um, it, it's, it's because it's the perfect amount of difficulty. It's fucking hard. It's well, hard, but it's not... It's but, not, it's but, not but, but if you're good at it, you it's can... It's not disastrously hard. No. For as, for as good as Final Fight is, that's how bad Double Dragon is. Yes. Eat my ass. <laughs> it came out like five years before the final But fight. the other games that Four are years. in this are fantastic as well. Um, uh, Captain Commando is lots of fun. King um, Knights of the Round is... Knights of the Round is really fun. It has, there's an RPG G sort of system. Yeah, that, there's like little RPG yeah. elements in it. Um, battle uh, Battle Circuit has... Um, Armor Warriors looks fun. I'm looking at a YouTube video. You're going to love this. It's just mech action with little soldiers, too. It looks it looks incredible. Yeah, I'm sure... How did this not come one. out here? That looks incredible. Uh, Might have, like I said, just never... Look at this thing. It's it just ne- tons of mechs fucking each other up. Look at know. that. It's, it's never had a home conversion anywhere. Um, and then Battle Circuit has, like, in between levels, you can, like, upgrade... You can upgrade the characters and get them new moves and stuff like that. So um, they're a lot of fun. Uh, no, so Capcom. Far. I mean, you talk about Konami had the, had the good brawlers as well, but Capcom was is just the benchmark when it comes to this stuff. Yeah, they just they just figured it out. Um, and yeah, they all use the same engines, and they even had like the Punisher one, right? Yeah, which again, that's a, that was a good There's one too. Licensing With issue. the licensing, you're not going to see it, unfortunately. So the thing I love about um, the Capcom beat 'em ups, and it's especially noticeable in some of the earlier ones, like Captain Commando and Final Fight, is there's a real living, breathing sense of I don't know uh, a location or a city. When you play Final Fight, 
you literally feel like you walked out of the mayor's office and then just fucking walked the whole city yeah. to get to where you're going. Like, yeah. no cab, I'm just walking. I mean, you're walking, the dudes are hanging out, you yeah. walk from one building into the next, you take the subway, you get out of the subway, you're just, I mean, you feel the the progress. There's, uh, there's, that, that's there's of, some life yeah, to Yeah, that it. sort of happened in Renegade a little bit. But, yeah. But you see it happening more. Yeah. Statically. Um, yeah. you, you get the idea that the city is actually overrun by the gang. There's a lot of life in uh, those early Capcom. I still maintain that, that, that final fight, the, the, the slight, when you punch someone, it actually, it's not, it, you can feel the drawback a little bit. Yeah. That effect yep. was done so well back then. They like perfected that. I don't know how. And, and, oh God, it's, I want to play right now. Screw the podcast. Let's just play final fight. Um, Unfortunately, uh, what is it? Twenty bucks only for this collection? What is it? Twenty bucks. Oh yeah, I'm buying it. Unfortunately, buying it. the online has not been has great uh, on uh, the Switch. I want Capcom. Um, the one game I played, uh, the one time online I played was very laggy. Uh, the person I was playing with was an asshole who uh, um, at first did not seem aware of the fact that there's friendly damage in Final Fight, um, and then. Uh, tried to do eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth every time I, like, would accidentally... Really? Yeah, like, they would beat the shit out of me, and I'd just walk away and be like, it's fine. But if you hit them once... And if I hit them, they would, like, come after me. And then... um, But you just boot them from the game? Could you just do that? And then Relento got stuck up in a corner, and I couldn't... I couldn't beat Relento. So, the game... uh, So, they they left. Which one was Relento? Relento from Street Fighter. A grenade guy. uh, Oh, the grenade guy? Oh, he got stuck. He got got stuck in the corner. Then the second time I was playing online, it was actually smoother. And I found a guy, and he was great. We weren't talking, but holy shit, we were like... We were on we were, point. We were doing well. Super. We were watching our life bars. We were passing off the meats Turkeys back and, and forth and the, to each other. Candy when, when we would accidentally hit each other, we would just... Okay. We're cool. fine. We were taking I left thought. sides, right yeah. sides. We were taking above. We were you taking were low. Point. Oh, we were so fucking good. And then it disconnected like like a screen or two before Did we you got get to the end. Did you, did you add him? I didn't. Oh my god! It's like yeah, but it was so good. I was like, oh I was god. like, we are fucking, Long we are point. saving, we are saving was the it, city. Was he a Cody guy? Who, or you... uh, he was Cody. I was Hagar. Hagar to me is sort of. I like switching off. They also think about Final Fight. Not not to give it a, a total BJ, but they really perfected the balance. The game the is balance. so good. The balance it's so the, good. The balance between the three characters is really fine tuned. There really is advantage disadvantage to each that are just about equal when you play it. Yeah, it really is. Oh, the game is. But great. I, I'm a guy guy. I'm a guy guy. I'm a double, Anyways, double guy. Uh, so the collection is great. Take it. Take take. The online is not great. At least on the Switch, I. I'm probably going to try getting this on the PlayStation as well, simply for streaming. Um, I like these games enough; it's worth it to have them on the go. Two dollars thirty streaming. cents a game. Yeah, uh, that's what you're paying. I don't know about the online for the PS4. Um, I'm actually looking in to see what people say about that now. But for local play, at least for seven good beat 'em ups, two that have never had a home port, one yeah. of which I can say is fun. Battle Circuit, I still have to play the metal one. Nice um, around is great. Yep, that's uh, more of a slasher than beat 'em up. Whatever you want to call beat 'em up, they're all good. Yeah, they're all good. I, I yeah, you do it, do it. They're do good. it now. I, is there anything? Are you disappointed? There's not something else that on there besides the ones that the licensing. Like, uh, no, I'm looking, I, at, I'm looking at their list right mostly now. Mostly the license. I mean, uh, who gives a shit about Cadillacs and dinosaurs? I like Cadillacs and dinosaurs. I don't. And uh, uh, Alien vs Predators, we couldn't get Avengers. Obviously, the Dungeons and Dragons. But. Not a, oh, that's not the Avengers. That's another Avengers. There was an Avengers I didn't know about. Like a generic Avengers game. <laughs> uh, the Dungeons and Dragons stuff. 
that usually doesn't get talked about that much. The Dungeons and Dragons stuff. They're good, but I mean, you got you got most of the ones you want. I'm yeah. trying. To, I'm trying to look. You're really only miss, miss, missing really the Punisher and Alien vs Predator, and maybe Cadillacs and dinosaurs. That's really the only ones you're really missing here. Um, that people would probably care about. So you know, and and Final Fight two and three on this on the Super. Uh, I guess they could have thrown those on there if they really wanted to, but those aren't really. I don't think as good as the original, at least for the. You know the themes. Yeah. Plus, there's. I don't. Want, I want guys. I don't want some ninjas. Ian, if you want to get into investing, there's an app called Robinhood that makes it simple and easy. Robinhood. It's an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, options, and cryptos, all commission free. They strive to make financial services work for everyone, not just the wealthy. It's a. It's a non-intimidating way for stock market newcomers to invest for the first time with true confidence. It's simple and intuitive. I looked at it. it, it you got your stock price right there. You got the, you know, one day, a week ago, a month ago where the stock was at. You have the recommendations uh, from analysts, what, what percentage buy, hold, and sell. It's all there. And you One click of the button, you can buy and sell. It's right there. So, again, there's no cost and no commission fees. Other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade. Robinhood does not charge anything on stock trades. You keep all of your profits. Easy to use. Like I said, like going through this, it's simple. Sometimes you go on uh, some of these larger sites. There's just so much information thrown at you. You don't know where to start and begin. So check out the Robinhood app. And right now there's a bonus. You can sign up at cupodcast.robinhood.com. And they're giving our listeners a free stock like Apple Ford or Sprint to help start build your portfolio. A free stock, Ian. Oh, boy. Have you, ever, have you ever owned a stock? I have not. You can get a free stock, I can get my own today. You can get your own today. All to right. sign up at cupodcast.robinhood.com and get trading today. All right. What else is going on, Ian? Apparently, Ian, Fortnite is causing divorces. Oh, number one Fortnite podcast. See you. Battle Royale podcast. Battle yeah. Royale podcast. We don't discriminate. We, we love all Battle love, Royale games. Love. I'm going to go home and sit in my gaming chair and play Battle Royale. I'm going to play Public Battlegrounds. Pu- what? <laughs> G. <laughs> G. Public Battlegrounds G. <laughs> the, the old G. <laughs> the old Public Battlegrounds G. Uh, so the AV Club's reporting that the UK divorce. What uh, does PUBG stand for now? Hold on. I say Public Battlegrounds G. Unknown. Player unknown. Player known. Not battlegrounds. Public. Yes. Player player unknowns battlegrounds. Yes. Public public battlegrounds G. Is, <laughs> I think that's that's like fire. Fire. <laughs> yeah, fire. Public battlegrounds G. All, All right. right. So this is really going back to the AV Club. Yeah. Fortnite has been cited in more than two hundred divorce proceedings, uh, in in the uh, the UK. That's just in the UK. Just for this year. That's uh, the article says that's five percent. Five percent of all divorce proceedings in the uh, UK. How small is the UK? There's only uh, there's only a couple thousand. There's only ten thousand divorces. I think it said two hundred this year or something like that. That's five percent. Okay, five percent. But it's only been mentioned. It's not cited as the main reason. But still, okay. But all right. So we know that Fortnite is the most popular game on the planet right now. It's uh, it's it's my dinner of choice. I'm guessing what's happening. Is that this is now taking over people that are obsessed with have an obsession? So ten years ago, it would have been World of Warcraft. World of Warcraft. Maybe five years ago, maybe Minecraft. You know, it's more of a kid thing, but people got obsessed with that too for a while. 
So it's like every five, really every five years, something like this happens where it becomes a phenomenon. It pushes things up so much so that it can ruin your ruin your marriage. So I'll just say that I had a family member, might have been my sister, she probably won't hear this, that her first husband played a lot of World of Warcraft. A lot. They ended up getting divorced. Not saying it was because of that, but they got divorced. I can say that's public information. You can look that up. But um, what I remember about that, I'm not saying this is the same sort of thing, but at least for World of Warcraft, it pulled you in because you had your, your fucking your clans, you had your Tuesday night raids or whatever the hell you did back then. So you're obligated to play it certain times, which can make it rough if you want actually want I don't know, spend time with your loved one or relax on the couch or go out to eat or actually have a date night instead you're you're a fucking loser playing with your fucking ogre and, and fuck bareback and not treat my sister correctly. But anyway, that aside. With Fortnite though, you can just play whenever you want though. There's not that is there a call for certain times of the week that you have to play it? Probably not. I mean unless you're playing with squads or groups or something like that. <laughs> I thought you were gonna make an awesome point with that with that, but you're just you're just sneezing on my Turbo Graphics games. Uh, all right, watch out for the magical chase, Ian, in my order to the Griffin. It's right in my goddamn okay. elbow. Anyway, so I, I guess there's less of an excuse saying because you're not called to play like every Wednesday night or whatever, unless you say unless you're part of like some sort of group that a group play. But just you know, let's let's relax on the video gaming a bit when you're married. Let's just you know, I'm not saying you, you gotta not play at all, but if it, if it comes up in divorce, it must be something. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Let's just let's just take a take a step back here go go walk on the park a bit go go to the go to the beach there's beaches in the uk as well it's easier well, to get to the beach in the uk than there is in the u.s because it's a smaller country hold you hands know? get a frosty ice cream get a frosty ice cream what's a frosty ice get a frosty get a, get a wendy's frosty a frosty ice cream a cold ice cream get a slurpee together that doesn't sound too good that, well you could that's get, fine. get a slurpee together whatever it's your private life I don't, <laughs> get slurpee together <laughs> Just get gooey as fuck together. And this is from, this is uh, per a press release from an online divorce service, Divorce Online, uh, who have a vested interest in making divorce seem sexy and cool in a way. This is according to the article on AV Club. They presumably have, this is editorializing, they presumably have a vested interest in making divorce seem sexy and cool in a way that only you walk, you walked in front of a screen and a 10 year old in Wyoming shot me dead, so now I'm taking the house, truly can. Well, you know what, AV Club? Uh, I come back to you every now and then and give you another chance until I see writing like that. Um, <laughs> it's an impressive number, uh, 5% still. Yeah. 5%, and it might be ones that are not 5%. Is that how you know that the game should be unpopularized for a bit when it's when it's uh, causing divorced, divorces? You think in the 90s there was a lot of games causing, causing divorces, like playing too much uh, Sierra uh, point-and-click games or... or uh, too much Star Fox was causing, or too much GoldenEye. GoldenEye would have caused too much. Uh... Sex causes a lot of divorce. Are we outlawing sex? Telling sex. I'm not telling people there. we should. Would uh, I'm not saying to outlaw games. I'm just saying maybe the game got too big for its britches. Yeah, I mean, sex causes too much divorce. Well, usually, yes, when it's not sex with the person you're married yeah, to. Exactly, <laughs> it causes sex too got too big for its britches. Sex got too big for its britches, literally. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> got too big for its Mac Weldons? Is got too big for its Mac Weldons. <laughs> With that 5% spandex, which you might need if it gets too big for It's undergarments. All right. Anything else going on here? Nah. No? Okay. Don't, nah. Just have, talk to your spouse or love them about your video game. But It's all about communication relationships. You know, and you can negotiate this sometimes. Maybe, you know, if I can play Fortnite tonight, I'll go see that movie I don't want to see. Or, you know, go to that. I'll try that vegan restaurant that... Vegan cheese is not cheese, by the way. I, as much as I, someone gets to try it, it's not cheese. 
No. You can't tri- trick me. But some some but, of the meats taste a little close to vegan meats, but... The cashew che- cheese is good. The cheeses are terrible. The cheese is... The, the cheese can't be cheese when if it goes from melted to solid in about a minute after it's on your nice... Your nice uh, no, just don't call vegan. it cheese. Just call it cheese. I'm just saying. Call it whatever you but want to call it. But cashew cheese, whatever the fuck that is, is good. I, I haven't had that. It's tasty. Cashew cheese? It's nut cheese? It's just... It's nut cheese. It's just cashews mashed together. It's a nuts. Yeah. Nut I cheese. make really good baked, uh, baked tofu, though. That's uh, good for sandwiches. Okay. I'll make you some someday. Ian, we have a scumbag. Seller of the week. It took us a while to decipher what exactly was going on with the scumbags for the week. It's just so slimy. It's uh, PyRetroGaming.com. And the reason I found out about it is I got into uh, my Twitter mentions with someone saying, Hey, Pat, check out the scumbags for the week. They replied... Did they slide into your DMs wearing those Mac Weldons? No, they did not slide into those <laughs> Mac Weldons. <laughs> We're proud to be partnered with Mac Weldon. Save 20% with code CU Podcast after first order at MacWeldon.com. Wear some anyway, precious yeah. medals around your junk. Um, <laughs> don't get us in trouble with our new partner here. <laughs> but uh, PyRetroGaming... Said that like, oh, we we have a team of lawyers and we're above the board in this. We meet, they gave us a report. I think they said a bi-weekly report on how legal pie retro gaming is. So Ian, I love above the board. I love needing a bi-weekly report on how legal <laughs> what, you're what doing. I'm doing is. Because there's no question at all that that you need a legal team to tell you that what you're doing is is totally above the board, which I like uh, instead of legal. So Ian, what is pie retro gaming uh, selling you here? They are selling a device. A, a RetroPie. A RetroPie. They device. are selling you a an Android device with no games on it. No games. However, it has an app on it. An app. That apparently gives you a bogus license to then put games. The games that you pre-purchased. On, onto this. Onto the system. So they're getting around. They're not shipping you the games directly on the console. I guess that's how they're trying to say this is totally legal. But it's, a, what, it's above ground. It's above, on the up and up. Above, above board? Above board? They have been rated legal. By their lawyers. I think they're based in the UK. I don't think the copyright laws are that much different in the UK versus here. Okay. So what are they selling you? They're selling you packages, but in most, like the Supreme console, the Elite console. Wrap your package in a set of Mac Weldon's today. <laughs> don't get us into trouble, you. <laughs> the Extreme console, the Epic console, the Classic console. The arcade console, the com- keyboard computer console, and the ultimate console. There's eight different offerings, but it's all the same Android RetroPie device. Yes. You get the controller. So what you're buying buying are different offerings that vary between, uh, let's see, what does the classic cost? The ultimate, excuse me, I'm, I'm getting confused here by all the different ones. There's too many different ones. But you're spending different amount of money on these based upon how many games you get the license to and huge fucking air quotes bigger than my than Castle Country that you're getting licensed to then transfer to your console from the app they're giving you to do the transfer that's that's what's going on here mm-hmm. if I'm wrong uh, Pi Retro Gaming let me know have, have one of your uh, lawyers you consult twice a week tell me how I'm wrong there but that's what looks like what's going on so for example the classic retro console Comes, it says comes with, comes with, not you can get later, but it says comes with over 9,000 games as listed for Atari 2600 uh, and your beloved 5200, Game & Watch, Game Boy, GBA, Master System. They Instead of NES, NE.System to throw off Nintendo's lawyers, I guess, 
N-E dot S, capital system, which is just weird. Yes. S-N-E dot system. Not Super Nintendo, but it's Super Nintendo. Wonderswan, Mega Drive, Master System, Intelligent, and so forth. But then you go up in price and value, and you can get, like, the Epic console. So then the Epic console has more games. The Epic console has 24,000 games. Comes with. as Comes well as with, huh? As well as wireless controllers and your keyboard and mouse. And that includes, like, Apple II. And then you get the Atari ST on top of everything else. And you get the Game Boy Color and everything. And, and, and PlayStation. And then you go up again. And you get, like, the Superior and the Elite. And the Superior has, like, I guess, everything. There, this it, sounds suspect. It does sound suspect, Ian. Because in the past, at least, you can say that the company selling these would just say, we'll just put on the 10,000 fucking games and here you go. For one price, you all get the same games out the door for whatever, 50, 60 bucks, 70 bucks. They here are selling you a license to uh, between whatever, nine and $35,000 games with a tiered pricing system, but they don't have the rights to do that. Right. So you can say it's somehow even scummier than people selling games directly to yes. you. They're selling you a false license of co- and, and doing a tiered pricing system based upon that. Mm-hmm. And then saying, well, the legal liability is off of us because we're not shipping it with you, even though we're telling you it comes with the games. We're giving you this weird license to go on the app to make the transfer to your hardware that we're selling you. I will sell you the phone number to my drug dealer. <laughs> is that what's, is that what's, allegedly giving you a false license to these games unless they have the license to all 35,000 games but something tells me they don't have the license to resell 35,000 games something just tells me that Capcom uh, you know is, is putting out their beat up collection oh no by the way they're letting uh, Pi Retro Gaming also do the same thing yeah in their in their uh, arcade package doubtful in their arcade console package it's, it's really strange Ian it's really fucking strange it's very strange um, my friend and so, and they start in at uh, at a very low cost. Oh no, they're expensive; they're not cheap at all to get these. Oh, what? Uh, let me guess: uh, seventy-five pounds. Oh no, they're, 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 oh, hundred they, pounds. They, no, oh no, uh, they, one hundred twenty-five. They go one hundred fifty pounds. You're getting closer oh, no. to where they start. Oh no, one one hundred seventy-nine pounds. Now you're getting to where they basically start at, oh. like where they start at, but then they go up from there. The Superior Retro Console, which is not even the top tier one, that's like third or fourth from the top. 215 pounds. My goodness gracious. Uh, and what's the pat math on that? We'll just ask Siri. Hey, Siri, what's uh, 215 uh, pounds worth? What would you like me to convert 215 pounds to? Dollars. $283.37. What a deal! $283 for a probably a $40 RetroPie console. Your $20, $20 wireless uh, controller, your $20 combo wireless mouse and keyboard, and they are that cheap. I looked these things up, uh, $20, $20. And you get a hard drive there. The hard drive that's probably worth about $75, bucks, mm. you know, 80 bucks for a terabyte hard drive, maybe less than that. So there's an upcharge going on here, a mm. huge upcharge to give you the licenses to these games mm. that they don't have the right to do. Mm. But that's not even. But Ian, but that's not the, the most expensive one. But more. But more. Let's go to the extreme and epic consoles. Oh, jeez. 
Because once you get to super- superlatives, you start – in my, my brain becomes mush because I don't know what's, if epic or extreme is better. So the extreme retro console, the extreme, extreme retro is 185. That's the more reasonable one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the epic one – the epic one is not as epic. The epic one is actually the cheapest one, so that's 160. Oh, okay. Just to let you know. So if you yeah. want to start at 160 – I don't know where my hyperbole is. <clears throat> <clears throat> okay. Convert 160 pounds to – Cheeseburgers. You screwed up Siri. Sorry. 160 pounds to dollars. $210.88. I've seen these type of things for sale before. When they get to even $100, I I think they're in trouble in order to sell these. But we're talking over $200. That's a lot of money uh, for these. But Ian, you like handhelds. They also offer. Maybe that'll be reasonable. They offered a handheld for 220 pounds. That is is just about the mold of the 3DS, by the way, of the 3DS XL. It looks like. Did you see the picture of it? Yeah. Did you see that oh, picture? Sweet. <laughs> Five-inch touchscreen, two analog joysticks, a D-pad, and 10 gaming buttons. 220 pounds. Two. Oof. But, Oof. but the new app launching gives you 50,000 games. We are going nuts on price. Nuts on price. <laughs> Holy shit. As of, and it also features Vulcan instant support for even greater, greater supports. I don't know. They actually found the planet Vulcan last week, by the way. Did they, they really? Found, they found the planet going around the same star that Vulcan went around in Star Trek. Not making that up, by the way. So, so Vulcans exist, apparently. So that includes 50,000 retro games. Super Nintendo, uh, NES, Mega Drive, PS1, Dreamcast, MAME. So there you go, Ian. So above the board. Uh, check out Pi Retro Gaming if you think it's above the board. So, anything else to add here, Ian? I don't know. Rated legal as of yesterday. <laughs> legal. I'm literally getting confused over the messaging of elite versus superior versus extreme versus epic versus ultimate. I don't know the fucking difference anymore when I'm looking at this stuff. The, it's it's probably the most confusing. Uh, easily view which systems are on each console by this graph with check marks that I can't tell when looking at it because oh boy. it falls apart when I look at it. I can't tell. I can't fucking tell. All right, that's it. We're running out of steam on this scumbag cell of the week. All right, Ian. Uh, what else is we going? What else is going on here? We got a Patreon poll. Okay, you go to patreon.com slash see your podcast. Listen to Ian. Listen to him. Read his uh, writings once a week that are pretty good. I'm not editing him as heavily as I used to. Probably because I'm not checking him as much as I used to, but I'm not. Great. But uh, <laughs> yeah, here's but- the Patreon poll question. Okay. We do this uh, every podcast. Uh, so, uh, in last place, what can we do to help game preservation efforts going forward? Only 22% of you asked that. If you could do a one-room mini arcade, what handful of games and pinball machines would go in it? 25% of you wanted that. Running away. Oh, a negative one. Running away at 54% of the vote. What annoys you about some game collectors? That Well, that blows it wide open. I'm just going to let Pat air his grievances for a moment here. What annoys me about some game collectors? Some, before everyone turns on me, some game collectors uh, think that their value as a person is tied to their game collection. That their self-esteem is tied to this race to get more and more games. And yes, before you say, Pat, fuck you, you have tons of games. I collected most of these when people looked down upon me 
for having all these games because not, there wasn't a huge interest when I was doing it. When I was when I was trolling the Funko Lands closing in like 2000, 2001, 2002, I didn't know many people that were into it. I knew maybe one or two people personally that were into game collecting. It was like it was like finding uh, a conjoined twin in the wild. It was like how many people are doing this? Now everyone is. So before I get disclaimer out of the way, but my self worth I try not to tie to how many games I have. Um, and I try not to do that with others, saying, oh, you have less games than me? Well, fuck you. There are some game collectors that do uh, gatekeep like that. They're like, well, you're not a real game collector. You don't have Little Samson. You're not a game collector. You only have, uh, you only have 25 NES games. You don't have the, the 700 that I do. It's a weird sort of gate, and I'm sure this happens with other with other hobbies and communities because it's just a weird sort of I'm better than you. Here's the measuring stick we have with game with game collections. It's how many games do you have, or what's the value of your games, or what's the rarity of the the best games you have, or how many rare games do you have, and that's what annoys me about some game collectors is that gatekeeping, which is self defeating, especially because in the end of time, as the years go on if you want to put even a monetary value on your physical game collection each year after year, I think we're getting to that point. The value is going to decrease and decrease and decrease going forward. So to put that sort of, uh, to tie that worth into your game collection to me is terrible. Now, if you want to, if you want to just say it's fun and I like to do it, that's one thing. Or if you want to say there's historical value, I'm preserving these games. Um, that's fine. That's, that's part of the reasons I like to do it, but do, do not tie any sort of fucking, self-respect into it or to demean others uh, stature because you think you're better than them because of the amount of games you have or 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 you have that weird fucking kitschy uh, turbo graphics collection that someone else doesn't have that's that's what annoys me about some game collectors Ian um, okay well for me uh, I guess this this is more related to perhaps just game players in general or or what I see sometimes at the store, um, and I've been seeing it lately. Um, <clears throat> so I guess you could say it's maybe collectors too, because it does seem to come more from collector types. And it is sort of gatekeeping, but um, it's it's this... I'll be back in a second. Sure. I think it's this odd tendency to sort of um, push people away from a hobby. Push, push, push. Um, sometimes I think it's because these people uh, just want to talk to someone else about games a little bit more. Um, and sometimes I think it has to do with uh, them thinking that because they play games more, they collect more, they may just have a... They think that they are a um, uh, more of an authority on gaming or um, certain topics. Um, but uh, two stories that um, have come up recently in the store that I think would uh, be good examples of what drives me nuts. One... When um, a game collector or a gamer is wrong about something and they refuse to acknowledge it. Oh my god, I hate that. Especially um, when it's with a child or um, a woman, they usually always seem to get uh, real like... "Mm." Give me an example. Uh, I'm getting there. There was one uh, earlier this week uh, with... um, Game Boy Advance games. Uh, dude and his girlfriend were in, and he was. They were looking at Game Boy Advance games, and she goes, "Oh, Mega Man and Bass. I really like that one." And he goes, "Oh, it's Bass." And 
she's like, oh, I always thought it was bass, and he's like, no, it's bass, oh and was, and like, and oh, it was, oh. and it was like in that tone. And oh like, no, it's, it's bass, it's bass. Like and the I fish. was like, and I was like, no, it's it's bass, and he looks up at me, and he just looks down, and he goes, and he looks over at her, and he's like, it's Mega Man and bass. I know, I've played it before, and I go, it's bass, rock, roll, treble, bass. Now Deep. this is becoming really. I'm getting uncomfortable listening to this story. Yeah, and this I'm is just... the douchiest. First of all, it's the most inconsequential thing. Who the fuck cares? First of all, don't correct someone if they're wrong. If they like it, who cares? But now that it's getting, now he's 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 digging his heels in on something that he's wrong about. It's stupid to begin with, but now I'm getting uncomfortable. This is great. So I I just I, I just did that, and his girlfriend just laughed, or his friend, girlfriend, whatever, and he just got right in the face, and like that was that. But I I just I hate it when they assume that they cannot be wrong on something because they have played games longer or they played a game or something like that, even though she had already said, oh, I like this game. Like, yeah. she had obviously played it. You know, she she would know. So they were together. Okay. So, yeah, friend, friend's girlfriend, whatever. The other one, so that sort of yeah, thing, the, the pig-headedness, the, the, can't, the I, I can't possibly be wrong. And then the other one is the... It's all about that bass. The, that you're bass. not... Li- you don't like the right games attitude. That drives me nuts. Especially in, in this guy, I almost... Is that I, more collector or player, though? Game players. Uh, collectors will do that, too. Just like you're not collecting the right games. You're not playing the right games. It, it, it's... I'll get there. It's... it's So a kid came in with his... Um, uh, with his dad. Uh, this has actually happened a couple of times. It happened with a, a, a young girl once, too, and it drove me nuts. But this was uh, just... Um, this is just wait. Today is Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Would have been would have been Sunday. Um, the frequency with which this happens now is insane. A kid will come in and like talk about Fortnite or something, and someone else will like roll their eyes or say something. I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. But the other day, a kid was talking about playing Fortnite and was in there, and the the dude turned around and was like. You should be playing something better. Uh, let the kid have fun. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, uh, yeah, I, we're all we're all sick of hearing about Fortnite. And it, don't worry, it's gonna fucking burn out at some point. But let the kid have fun. He's like fucking six years old. Who cares? Yeah, and I looked at the dude and I said, "Don't." I said, "Don't say that." I said, "Just let the guy f- play." I said, "Just let the kid play." And uh, there, that's happened before. And one of the dudes, I told him to shut the fuck up because it was just annoying. I I have a tough time. How do you still work at a game store after all this? I mean, how do you how do you go through this day after day with these type of people? I don't know. Probably, I probably won't much longer. But... I was going to say. I mean, this sounds like the worst thing. This sounds like the worst the worst aspects of retail uh, on steroids. Well, there was a uh, there was a uh, there was a girl, a young girl, who was talking to her dad about playing Fortnite, and the, there was a guy who said the same thing the other uh, like two weeks ago, and it's just like, yes. No one wants to hear it, but yes, it does happen to women in the store a lot more than it happens to guys. But it happens to guys too. I mean, if you're a different age or you're playing something that you know someone else doesn't like, you know they're gonna. And it's just like, I just don't care anymore. Just fucking let people play what they want. But yeah, the whole correcting thing, like those people don't want to be corrected ever. I'm uh, I'm collector splained on stuff, which I think is funny, especially before they. This is usually when people don't know that I have an insane amount of stuff and I've been collecting for 20 years. They'll try to tell me things about rare stuff. And uh, sometimes they're wrong about it. Like, tell me, like, what games are on the NWC cart? And not knowing what games are on the NWC cart. 
You know, it's just, it's just oh, people like will collector explain to me at work all day, and at this, I just coin out of my collector explain. Yeah. And at this point, I just like, <laughs> I just tune it to fucking snow in my brain, and I just let it go. You wish you had those like like the little invisible earbuds you can just like put the volume up. Yeah, collector explain. I love it, Ian. All right, so go to uh, uh, patreon.com slash see you podcast. I almost said podcast.com. I was I almost pulled an Ian. And see how easy it is to, to screw it up? And uh, help us keep uh, the lights on in Castle Country here. There you go. All right. Q&A time. This is from at Mr. Nicholas 7. Do you think LGN solely deserves the their NES infamy with, when their parent company, Acclaim, also published mediocre at best NES games and were responsible for producing the cheap cartridge shells and paper labels that definitely have withstood the test of time? Yes, the later NES... Uh, Acclaim games and some of the Konami ones, they did their own shells at that point. Nintendo wasn't doing them all. And yes, like Wizards and Warriors 3 and King of the Ring uh, have the most awful bleed-through thin paper that you, it's so hard for me to fucking track down good labels for those. Like, yeah, those labels it. are miserable. And like, and like a Thrill of Safari, for example, one like that. But anyway, Ian, what do you think? Does LGN solely deserve their NES infamy? No, no, they don't. Um, I, I've always said that. You know, like Acclaim was just as bad, the parent company. There's plenty of other developers out there that make games that are worse. Um, and, oh, God, those labels are the... Uh, those those are awful. Um, working in retail. Uh, it's tough with a, with a paper label game like that, especially from a company that is so notorious for having shitty labels at this point, to know, like, where's the cutoff on a sellable copy... Of a, of a label, you mean? Of a, of a, well, especially for, for like... For these, when it's like yeah, all black yeah. pockmarks and... Especially because they're known to have shitty labels. You know, it's not like there's tons of great copies well, available it, well, for some of it's these. It's the games you know? like Wizards and Warriors 3, Total Recall, where yeah. they're cheaper. Uh, Bartman meets Radioactive Land is a oh, terrible a, yeah, one. It's, it's awful. Um, the earlier ones like Othello and like Rambo are okay. Yeah, but I'm just saying. Krusty's Funhouse, George Foreman's I mean, boxing. Really took me yeah. four years to find a decent label on that. That's what I'm saying. Ferrari I'm mostly joking. Like, these are games where like I, I don't really have a choice but to sell yes. them with shitty labels. You don't find a lot of Ferrari Grand Prix challenges laying around. Um, Three and a half stars according to a certain NES guidebook. According to an app that I'm finally getting paid for because I'm publishing again. What? Anyways, games like Bigfoot I find you know absolutely atrocious. Whereas uh, you know something like. Um, Karate Kid by LJN, I actually find you know to be oh, fairly decent. Do you want to run down the Acclaim games? Yeah, there's 29 of them. We'll go through them quick. 3D World Runner. They didn't. That was you know that's a, that was a good game. But they yeah. published. Uh, Airwolf, terrible. Yeah. Arch Rivals, eh. Bigfoot, okay. bad. Yeah. Cybernoid, uh, below average. Destination Earthstar, below average, not terrible. Uh, Double Dragon Two, that's obviously excellent. Double Dragon Three, eh. Uh, it's okay. Ferrari Grand Prix is actually pretty good. Foreman Boxing, you reviewed that, yeah, right? Yeah, uh, One star you gave it. So bad. Iron Sword, yeah, Average. Knight Rider, uh, above average. I think I gave him Knight Rider, or someone did. Crusty's Funhouse isn't terrible. Narc isn't terrible. Othello, it's Othello. Rambo, bad. Bart vs. Space Mutants, not good. Not good. Bart vs. World, a little bit better, not, not excellent. Bart vs. Beat Me average. I gave it, I think. Right. Smash Ugh. TV, very good. Star Voyager, uh, Rue gave it two stars. He, he reviewed that one. That was a Rue review. A review. A review. I, mean, I never thought about it before. Uh, Swords and Serpents. Eh, it's okay. Tiger Heli. I, I think I gave it average. It's whoever did. bad. I gave it average. It's a bad port. Uh, Total Recall is bad. Trog. I like Trog a lot. I give it four stars. WrestleMania. Bad. bad. Winter Games. Bad. bad. Wizards and Warriors. Eh, it's okay. 
It's pretty good. It's all right. It's all right. Uh, Wizards and Warriors are three. Not good. One's probably the best of the Wizards and Warriors when you get down to yes. it out of three. So it's not – these aren't terrible. There's some good ones in here. But, yeah, they don't deserve – I mean, LGN, of course. We always go back to THQ. Being THQ the worst first, the worst. The worst licensed publisher. If, if, you're, if you're not counting unlicensed, like, Color Dreams and AVE. I know, I know Ian loves his Ray 2020, you know. Yeah, if, if you want to play – if you want to play what it feels like to be sad and guilty on Christmas, <laughs> if you want to know what it feels like to just be miserable and to realize you did a bad thing on Christmas morning, play uh, play Home Alone 2 <laughs> on the <laughs> NES. Play no. Home Alone 2. No, THQ still has the record because uh, we go through. We did this like a year or God, two ago. They published some <clears throat> shit. The Adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle. Awful. One star. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, two stars. The user community rated that two and a half. Fuck you, user community. That's not a two and a half star game. Great Waldo search. We agree, the community. One star. Home Alone, I gave it one and a half. You reviewed the sequel, I believe. You gave it one star. James Bond Jr., I gave it two stars. I might have gone a little higher, but it was not good. Peter Pan and Pirates, two stars. Community gives it a half, so I was very generous at below average. Swamp Thing, I gave it one star. The community gave it two. Sometimes community... Uh, Videomation, it is what it is. Two and a half, it's a... It, Wait, someone gave the community gave Swamp Thing too? Two stars. Should I should I should I ground the community? I thought then? I did Swamp Thing. Did you do it? Well let's check. Who did that? You you, you reviewed yeah, it one yeah, star. That okay. Was awful. You are sometimes too harsh on some stuff, I think, but no, okay. Either way, not good. Now we're getting to the th- three of the worst games, arguably uh, uh, the license. Uh Wayne Gresky hockey is miserable. So bad. It's so bad. Wayne's world is miserable. Yeah. I might have been too generous at one star. Uh, and then Where's Waldo? Half Star might have been too miserable. I thought about giving that a bomb. I did. I, I thought about giving that the third bomb on the system. But one Half Star, I think, is fair for Where's Waldo. Fair. So THQ, LGN has nothing on THQ. Even Acclaim doesn't. Going back to that. So, yeah. So, so if you want to say physically, those later Acclaim games haven't physically stood the test of time because their labels are shit and their glue was Elmer's. That's fine. Elmer's glue sticks, but THQ is still the worst. What's next, Ian? I ask from Anthony Stevens at Sonic Anim. With the recent announcement of the PlayStation Classic, do you think at some point the market will become oversaturated with the number of these mini emulation systems for consumers to purchase, or will everything sell fine like cheesecake? <gasps> I've, yeah, use some commas there. But, um, Anthony... <laughs> Uh, I've never heard the expression sell fine like cheesecake in my life. Neither have I. But I do like cheesecake. And I, I bet you cheesecake does sell pretty good. Yeah, there's a whole chain Cheesecake Factory. You know, it's like chains. Cheesecake Factory isn't a bad chain. but Cheesecake Factory is a fucking panic attack, like, personified. Like, well, there's too much stuff on the menu. What? Well, there's too much shit going on. It's, worse, it's like double the amount of things at a diner, and diner has everything. Right? A fucking manic episode threw up, and that's how the restaurant came to be. Jesus Christ! Look okay, at it. look at it. Oh, you're talking about for the styling. The, well, the decor. The, the decor is the decor is terrible because the it's, menu. I mean, everything. It's, it's like okay, we have Greek comms, we have a D- Egyptian art in the side. Like it's, it's the it, worst. It's want to be fancy for your night out for your fourteen dollar entree. That's what it is. It's where you take your prom date. Okay, I went to Applebee's for uh, taking someone to the, their prom. It wasn't my prom, but anyway, then I left my keys in my car. I got fucked up on ecstasy and went to a rave for my prom. Oh, okay. So After. I actually. I actually was, uh, I'm not humble bragging here. I, I had a tweet that did well that was put in uh, the Twitter moment for when the PlayStation Classic was announced. I said, 
Get ready for the upcoming video game crash of 2019 with the PlayStation Classic, N64 Classic, Sega Saturn Classic, TurboGrafx Classic, Virtual Boy Classic, Atari Jaguar Classic, Vectrex Classic, Valley Astrocade Classic, Fairchild Channel F Classic, Ellipsis. Thank God for 240 characters on Twitter. It's the best thing they ever did. Um, I was snarky, yes, and people like that because but we're getting there more sooner than we would, would think. NES Classic, and yes, we had... We had this shitty, and people said, well, what about, the, you know, we had the shitty, uh, well, they didn't say that, I said that. What about the Genesis uh, ones from At Games? The, the quality of those Genesis ones are, are terrible. You cannot put them in the same conversation of the NES, Super Nintendo, and probably the PlayStation ones. At Games, speaking of At Games, are coming out with the new, uh, what's it called? Blast? Blast. The, the Blast all-in-one console and controller line. Or the, the, the legacy console for 50 games. So the so these have been coming out for the past three years in bulk, en masse, like the Retrobit generations and their follow up because the generations from did terrible from Retrobit. Um, we had we've had yes we've had the, the the Atari flashbacks, the Intellivision flashbacks, and things like that. But now with the NES and Super Nintendo Classic, you're actually getting into now the market where the companies producing them still still matter. Like a television, sorry Tommy, doesn't really matter at this point. Uh, Atari, for its namesake, doesn't really matter. But play, uh, Sony still does, and those PlayStation properties still matter. The NES properties still matter to an extent, and they're still putting out those franchises. And Super Nintendo, N64. And we know N64 is going to be coming at some point. PlayStation right. is coming uh, sooner than later. But the question is going to be then, how many more companies are going to capitalize on this? And I think you're going to see more than what you originally thought. I think you will. I, th- I think you're going to see... Uh, you're going to see the Genesis one for sure. Yes. Uh, At Games is no longer doing Thank it. Thank goodness. Uh, Sega is going to go someone that's going to do a respectable job, we hope. But I do think you're going to see the N64 one. I do think you're going to see another Sega one. Maybe not the Saturn one since they can't figure out the emulation correctly. But who knows? Maybe you'll see a Master System classic for the hell of it. Why not? If the other one did well, why not put it out? Maybe it'll do better... You know, do better in uh, South America and you know in Europe and Japan than here. Sure, but it'll do okay. Um, I think you might see something like a like a PC Engine Turbo Graphics Classic. I think uh, this opens up the door now to all these possibilities. It does. Now, what happens then when that happens? And six of these are released a year, and and you go into Target and there's no shelf space for them, or you go into Walmart. See what benefited those older and television and Atari ones was that they were the only ones out there to do yeah. that. And I guess then the ClickoVision one came at some point. Um, so when those only ones were out there and those started, what, like 2003 or four, those, those started a little bit earlier than that. Yeah. I mean, that? it was before I moved here. So I moved here in 2005. I know I've seen the Atari ones earlier than that. So those had the benefit of being a novelty at the time. Right. Those are like, what the hell we can play older games that I haven't thought about. I'm a 30 year old and, you know, 2003, when I was five years old, I was playing these 25 right. years ago in, you know, in like 1980. So that, that was the charm of those. I guarantee you those aren't still being played today. Those are junked. You see them at the swap meet every now and then, but they sold a decent amount. Well, that's what's going to happen with these. You think it's going to happen? This is just new it doesn't five. matter that these are higher quality. I'm glad that they're higher quality and that's nice, but enough of these are going to get pumped out and they're individual units. Um, you know, Yes, they can be hacked, but at, I mean, in their base state, you can't add more to them, and there's still going to be toys in the toy box that at some point people are going to have to clear out. You have to deal with the trade-ins at Luna Video Games, two locations. Yeah, um, and 
a lot of places don't take these used, and so they're going to end up in flea markets. You, 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 you think even if they can test them, they wouldn't take them used? They can just plug them in real quick to an HDMI TV and just see if they run? So, I don't know. I, I don't think. I mean, places like GameStop don't take them now, to my knowledge. I would think that these would these would be able to sell. These aren't like a flashback. Like if someone, if you had an NES Classic use, you'd sell it at, at Luna. You probably would sell it. Uh, we didn't for the longest time. We finally just took our first used one in as kind of a test to see if. Well, it I'm just saying works. though, but that'll sell. It hasn't sold yet. No. What do What do you have on it? I think like forty. And people still have, wow. Okay. Maybe maybe. All right. We'll see. Someone go to Luna and buy it for forty bucks. I don't know what it was. I think it's forty. But you are. But you 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 are open to it. You you try it out, see if it works. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. It's just it's not something less, we ever really want to do. The less moving parts on like a PS4 though, or PS3. Yeah, you know, if it works, it works. It'll probably, you know what I mean. Either way, I still think these are going to flood. Yeah, they're going to flood. I, I think. I think in five years we'll see these at flea markets, no problem. I, I hey, I'll be the first one to buy a PC Engine Classic slash Turbo Grab. I'll be the first one to buy it. I will. Um, but there's going to be yeah, it's going to be it's going to be like a mini mini a mini crash a mini a mini crash mm-hmm. of, of some level because some will fail because there's only so many mini. Once you get to the fifth one you bought, okay, that's enough. Right. I, I like. I don't need. The, I don't need the Fairchild Mini. You might want the Emerson Arcadia Mini, though. I might. He might. All right. What's uh, what else we got here? This is from at uh, Sean Marafini NJ Gooner thirty two. Is Battle Royale a passing fad or here to stay? Being one of the official Battle Royale podcasts, Ian, what do you think for this new? This new fresh game mode. Public Grounds G. Public Grounds. The official, the official game of the CU podcast. Um, <laughs> is, is the obsession with it a passing fad? Yes, maybe. Um, or perhaps with certain games. But as a mode? No, I don't think so. Um, you know, Deathmatch didn't just become a passing fad. Deathmatch is still... Uh, highly popular. People still play Team Deathmatch all the time. Um, Capture the flag, they still play, right? Right, exactly. Uh, when a new Call of Duty comes out, what is everyone most concerned about? Team Deathmatch in online modes. No one's concerned about the single player anymore. Um, Battle Royale has proven to be a popular Deathmatch mode, um, or a popular well, online verse mode. It couldn't exist in the past because the interconnection is so much more stable now. You, it was hard to do like 16 people in one sure. game without it getting really weird. Now you can do 100. So as time goes on, you know, and you know, the technology has allowed for it, um, I do think that there is something, obviously people like the idea of 100 uh, Hundred verse one, you know, and one, one, one life. Uh, I don't know that it will be the most popular mode forever and ever. There, people will definitely want to go back to other types of modes and spread out. But I don't think, I don't think, going forward, we will see many games that do not include something somewhat similar, something similar. To a battle royale, a time, mode. a time-based every man for himself, one life to live mode. I mean, that's right. Maybe not exactly a Fortnite style or a where public it closes in on you in a circle. G, yeah. Right, but um, you will see some sort of massive play mode that is similar. Sure. Um, now, some games may try to differentiate themselves, or some games may be afraid that if they do, that's all people will play. So they may limit it. It may just be, um, may just be for, you know, maybe. 
they might just do it in squads. So, you know, that's might what not, I was it saying. might not be 100 versus one. I, it may be, you know, four squads. That's exactly 25, what I'm saying. I, 25 teams of four. To me, that's a lot more interesting versus Instead, 50 versus 50. When you have four squads. Or squads. fifty versus fifty, they may they may do that instead of so it, it yeah. doesn't all feel the same. Plus, you have a chance to win, right? When it's a hundred versus one, you're not winning that often, right? You're not. But I I I do think we will see some sort of massive maximum one hundred player mode in in most shooters. I, I, it's just it's once a mode once a popular mode in a first person shooter or a third person shooter or an online game is introduced. You won't see it in every game, and you'll see some spinoffs of it, but that mode usually doesn't go away. I, I like the idea of having 25 people. 25 four, teams of four? No, no, four teams of 25. Oh, four teams of 25. It's going to be very interesting because you can actually use strategy to try to gang up on, on one group that might be winning. You know what I mean? Like if you realize, oh, one team has you know, 40 people left, and, we ha- and these two teams have 15 each. Let's team up. It could be some sort of weird coalitions in the middle of play, but then you've got to turn at each other at some point backstabbing. I don't know. I'm thinking out loud there because we're the official Battle Royale podcast for a public... What is it? Public... Public Battlegrounds? Public Grounds G. Public Grounds G. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it'll be played less. I, I think uh, Fortnite can't be around forever. It just can't be. Kids will grow up and go to college that are playing it now in high school and grade school. They will. Their, their, their tastes change. Yeah. It'll evolve to something else. Either another game or an evolution. Evolution! It'll evolve... Which is the name of the pay per view, the all women's yeah. pay per view. It evolved. By the way, you see Brie Bell almost kill uh, Liv yeah. Morgan with those kicks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, sorry, we're getting off topic here. But anyway, yeah, so it'll change and evolve, and, but it'll still be around. Finally, at Keeping Up Gaming, gi- giving a, a run for the money with, uh, with that ass of my boss recently, the Big Bang Theory starts its final season today. Finally, it's been like 12 years. Do you think the show did more to help or hurt nerd, in quotes, and pop culture? So, um, admittance time. I've never seen an episode of The Big Bang Theory. I've seen parts of them. Never. Never wanted to. In terms of help or hurt, I feel like in some ways it probably hurt just based on my interactions with it. Um, If you liked The Big Bang Theory, that's fine. I can't just not going to get that upset over a TV show, especially when they didn't hurt. However, I must say when I moved out here, um, when I first started working at Luna, uh, I hated, and it happened all the time, um, couldn't go a day without someone telling me that I reminded them of a character from Big Bang Theory. Really? Yeah, and I'm sure every person probably dealt with this, but if I, I feel like if you were ever into geeky hobbies or nerdy hobbies or games maybe not then that might have just been something you dealt with and i couldn't fucking stand it i couldn't stand the fact that i i was constantly being compared to some paper thin fucking tv show character uh, especially on a show that i didn't watch and a show that all of my friends said which one do you think you're compared to i have no idea especially sheldon well i think that might have been who they were comparing me to because of snark or something like that but i uh it, it drove me nuts because the people who would give me these compliments or who would say this weren't always doing it to be mean, but I could tell that they were people who weren't grasping. It was a very superficial. Yeah, um, I mean, those were caricatures in that show. Right. By and large, right? And, yeah, and I just, I got that 
constantly, especially through work. It was always like the mother of someone who was shopping there or the father of someone who was shopping there or something like that. And I couldn't escape it. The only other thing, and for years that persisted, that was only maybe in the past like five or six years where that stopped, maybe past five years. Um, the other thing is I, I feel like the Big Bang Theory, um, and I could be wrong, um, but I feel like the Big Bang Theory contributed heavily to the commercialization of pop culture. Oh, absolutely. And I feel like the rise of Big Bang Theory, at least just from where I sit and look around San Diego, I feel like the rise of Big Bang Theory coincides with the rise of San Diego Comic-Con becoming a shit show of a thing to try to get into. You're not um, saying it's a causation, you just think it's a correlation. I, I feel like it's a correlation. I feel like, um, I don't know if... if You're kind of right about I that. I feel like the rise of pop culture... Might have helped and geek Big culture. Bang and Geek Culture yeah. helped Big Bang Theory, but I also feel both. like I both. feel like Big Bang Theory also helped people get into pop culture, which also pushed well, that whole it. period of time. Like two thousand eight to two thousand eleven. Two thousand eight to two thousand twelve was Something real like weird and yeah. Walking so, Dead came out in that yeah. period too. Yeah, Walking Dead, Big Bang Theory, that's around the time where Comic-Con got its huge surge in popularity. Oh, yeah. I'd say from it really increased. It's where retro gaming got huge. It was a weird time. Retro weird time gaming got huge in 2012. 2013 is when it always shot up. Mm. Um, but, um, yeah, it all hit at once. Now, this is, you can say, well, it's only one show on TV. It was most, it's most pop, one of the most popular shows on TV. And when, yeah, I couldn't escape it. Like I said, I've never watched it. But I, I can when point it, out the it characters. Norm, it normalized, like, when you have constant video game references. Oh, there's a Zelda reference on a show? Like, right. that didn't happen before, a show sure. like that. And that's a huge, was it CBS? Huge show, number one ratings, won tons of Emmys. I think the guy playing Sheldon just won again for best lead in a comedy. There's a fucking Wonder Years-esque spinoff with this young character taking place in the 90s. I mean, I don't know if it's still on, but it's been on for a year. Um I see it as it's positive to normalize like this geek stuff. You're not just nerds that sure, like that's zombie good. stuff. And, but there's still caricatures. Right. And there's still heavy stereotypes of, of socially uh, socially bankrupt characters that, oh, we don't know how to talk to girls and we're right. not into sports at all. And, uh, you know, like we only like geeky things. You've got to be a mathematician to also like video games and geek shit. And it's like, that's not what people who like these things are. Right. That's that's like a 35-year-old stereotype that doesn't really exist anymore. And even back then wasn't really, you know what I mean? Like it, it, it more existed back then, but that wasn't really the people that were following that. Sure. So that's what always bothered me about it. Because like Frank watches the show. So I got to think that Frank thinks that all these people that are into video games and, and you know, into this geek stuff and anime stuff, we're all just fucking losers that will never have sex in our lives. You know, like, is that really what we want that message to be? So it is kind of insulting. It is almost like a Jersey yeah. Shore thing to me. Yeah. All the people that go to Jersey Shore are guidos. All the people that, that like Legend of Zelda are sexless Did dorks. you see Pauly D like two weeks ago was at a club with a fucking... He was... On stage, handing out cannoli on a stage on a platter while someone in a fucking full-on Mario costume was on stage waving an Italian flag. All right, that's my line. All right. I'm gonna, I, okay, fuck you for misrepresenting Italian Americans. I always thought it wasn't going to bother me ever. Sopranos didn't bother me that much. Now I'm fucking bothered, Paulie D., 
Fuck you, Paulie Paul D. Paulie D. Paulie D was at a fucking club Now you're in on my Jersey. fucking radar. Yeah. Holy shit. Are you serious? Because I get made fun of sometimes by, by people. I won't say who my friends are. I get made fun of with Italian stereotypes. And you ain't fucking helping, you piece of shit. Sorry, I'm going Jersey on a Paulie guy from Jersey. D feeds and, I'm really, and I'll tell you what, you, you son of a bitch. I'm really from Jersey. You're not, you Staten Island fucking... Paulie uh, D okay, feeds... No, I'm okay, I shouldn't say that. Some people from Staten Island are nice. Paulie Maybe D feeds cannolis to fans at Miami Club. Are you serious? Yeah. Why don't you just throw out b- b- bowls of pasta while you're at it? Why don't you have b- b- bowls of spaghetti? Or, uh, fuck. Oh, God, I didn't see that picture. He's just fucking piping the, the cream. Oh, my God. Hold on. Which I, one is Pauly D? The one with the blowout? There, there's the picture I saw. He's fucking out on the runway. He's you got, gotta be fucking he's kidding me. Cannoli there's a guy in a Mario costume with an Italian flag. An Italian flag. I hope Nintendo comes after you for that. I mean, what the fuck? Is but you see what shit? I mean? Okay. So, you see how upset I'm getting? I think a lot of people into geek stuff should be upset somewhat at... Should be somewhat upset at, at the Big Bang Theory for that shit. But that's a lot worse than that. Holy shit. Thanks, Ian. I was, I was having another semi-panic attack now. But it's okay to make fun of us. Call us all fucking goons and mafiosa and we all eat cannolis and shit. What the fuck? Son of a bitch. Having all spray tans and GTL. Fucking assholes. Right, I'm annoyed now. I'm annoyed now. Thanks, Ian. Dropping this on me. Well, yeah, I mean, we were talking about it. No, I mean, it was all over but Twitter. But that's it reality. Was all over that's Twitter. reality, though. It's all over Twitter. I'm going to start a hashtag. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going I'm to get righteously outraged now at this. Kill Pauly D. No, I'm not going to do that, Ian. You can't do that. But Jesus Christ. Enough's enough. By the way, I've been going through some Sopranos clips online. And you know what? Sopranos is more like a dark comedy the more I look at it. It's not really, you know. I don't think many people really took that seriously. The fucking subtitles to these pictures. Thanks, Ian. I'm, I'm throwing off now. All right. So uh, that's it for this See You podcast. I'm going to have some uh, my Sri Adele. I'm going to have, uh, you know, some ba- Gabagool. <laughs> gravy. Gravy. We do, we do call it gravy. Um uh, I'm going to be at Retropalooza where someone's going to probably make fun of me and say I'm eating cannolis and lasagna uh, September 29th and 30th. I don't 30th. think anyone's going to no, do No, they, they do, Ian. Who? People from Texas. That's all oh. I'm saying. Yes, they're going to do that September 29th and 30th. I love them, though. And then we're both going to be at Portland Retro Gaming Expo in Portland October 19th to 21st. Um, really 20th to 21st, but there's that arcade day on there. So anyway, uh, go to ultimatesnes.com. You can pre-order a certain Super Nintendo guidebook. It's 2.15. We're recording for only two hours, though, because we started late because I had a panic attack because of the tiling uh, a situation outside. So, Multiple problems today. And i got to eat intermittent fasting. I'm going nuts. I haven't eaten yet. So for Ian Ferguson. That's me. I'm Pat Contry. That's him. This was a strange podcast. I'm going to go back to the horror of my life.